Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Val Verde. Let's just forgive me. We're not living in the past or the present anymore. This is the future. Huh? podcast episode 17 of the 2015 offseason this is show 181 good times all around we are gonna be giving you the information that's gonna help you grab the money and we're firing it up today's podcast is gonna be about it's basically uh, working through and talking about our collective tiers uh, every year we do a number for each draft kit. We do uh, our own tiers and we join them together and uh, the averages come out and they make our, our, our collective tiers. And we go by those as the pyro company line for what we do with rankings. And when I say we, it's Houdini who's to the left of me. Usually I've got Stag Party across the way who actually put together these collective uh, tiers. He's not here today. He's actually wrapping up the draft kit volume three so that it's ready for this weekend. To my right, I got the man, Dogmatica. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. And uh, we got a doozy here for you today. Um, tears are our thing. You know it. We love it. We beat it like a dead horse. We've done a video about tears in the last... Two week and a half, we did a podcast about tears and beers within the last month. Uh, we every time we are talking to you about our strategy and our knowledge and our insight, we are always telling you to bottle that up into your tears. The manifestation of all this information you're getting from us on the website, on the podcast, in the questions we ask you, use those for your tears and go into that for your draft. So um, it'll be fun to talk through this because you know we don't all agree on stuff. So Houdini. Uh, how are things going? You fired up for uh, now that the Hawks won it all? 
And now that we're, you know, we're, 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 there's no more NBA, are you fired up that all the focus is on the NFL now? I'm fired up that I no longer have weekly distractions, yes, and, <laughs> and especially since we rose the cup on, uh, on uh, Monday night, and uh, unfortunately I did not get a ticket for Soldier Field for tomorrow, so uh, I will not be uh, in attendance at the, uh, at the festivities there, but, uh, you know, definitely will... Uh, Maybe try to check out the parade route while they're on their way over there. So party, sure, it's kind of like pretty psyched that uh, Golden State took that down too. Yeah, it was, it was good to see them win there. Uh, we got a, yeah, you know, of course one of my favorites, Draymond Green, uh, being a Michigan State boy. But Steve Kerr, seeing him get one as a as a rookie coach there, that's very cool, very impressive. Uh, seeing the actual NBA MVP going through and and uh, taking it home, that's impressive sure. over LeBron. A local guy, Sean Livingston, yeah. coming back from all those knee and leg injuries he had to be a you know big contributor to that team. Yeah, Curry's awesome. Iguodala, Iguodala, getting the MVP for a guy who, prior to coming to Golden State, had started every single game that he was uh, in, I believe, and then didn't start one game for Golden State this year. Yeah. Well, as an Iverson fan, I got a chance to see a lot of good uh, Iguodala time in his first few years when uh, he was playing with Iverson in the, in the 76ers. Uh, so it's good for him that to happen to him. Uh, I think it was just an all-around awesome win. I think Kerr said it best. I would have liked to have seen you know, Kyrie and Love in there. I do actually, for the first time, I can say in a, forever or maybe ever, um, I feel a little bad for LeBron. To, be, to do that and have that going, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough deal. You don't feel bad for him because he's got the life of, the, of as, as you would say, the life of, uh, what, what's the, uh, the wind of the God, speed of the... The wind of the speed of the gods. What's your great line? He's got the speed of the gods, or what? No, no, he's got uh, got the wind beneath my wings. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, you would go to a Bat Midler song. (laughs) Well, hey, let me break it up because even though LeBron lost, he is still. But it's his ship now. He's the top dog. The big man. Numero uno, honcho. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is. Fast uh, as the wind, or something like that. Oh God! All, remember, all I gotta do is listen to the last podcast. Yeah, he said it three or four times. I, I, thought, I thought he was the autumn wind. Uh, Speed of the gods. Oh yes, there Whatever. you go. Um, well, let me do a quick uh, promo uh, for Pyro. Uh, you know, basically what I, I think we try to do every every week is is talk about and, and, and show you guys uh, read reviews. A uh, big thing for us is you guys subscribing to us on iTunes. And if you're not using iTunes, go over and download Spreaker or Stitcher. And you can follow us there and, and be regularly listening. Or if you have your own podcast thing and you're bringing our RSS feed, amen. But subscribe to the show so you get it automatically sent to you every week. And uh, it, that, that'll, that'll really help us. Then go over to iTunes and create, uh, you know, make a, a review, a five-star rating and write a review and uh, we're really appreciative and, and love those uh, love those happening. It's uh, just really, really awesome. So I'll actually read a review uh, right now. And uh, here we go. We're doing it. Five. Oh, actually, hold on. I got to make it more recent. Sorry. Uh, I'm going recent. Let's get a new one here. All right. This is a good one. This is from the Vegas Vipers. Vegas Vipers. I don't know where he's from, but I got a good idea. Uh, but uh, basically, you're betting on that one, huh? He says, out, "Yeah, exactly. Outstanding podcast. Fifteen stars. Thanks, buddy. Been playing fantasy football for 22 years, and there is no better podcast. 
Keep up the awesome job, guys, and say hi to Valverde. Oh, yeah. Uh, awesome. We appreciate that. Uh, we'll actually give another posting that we got today on Facebook uh, from a nice gentleman uh, who bought our draft kit, and I, I want to mention, uh, give a shout-out to him, too. But uh, basically, that's on my little primer promo. Go over and give us those reviews. We've gotten more and more, uh, but we could get even more and more. So we, we love them. They help our stature, and we're trying to grow this show for you guys and for everyone and for ourselves. And uh, that'll really help us. So, should we um, should we get into the action here? Let's jump in. Anything? I mean, basically, again, Houdini, you do your tiers. I just posted my tiers up to our website uh, yesterday. So you can go on the site, check out my individual tiers. I'll put up one of these guys' tiers uh, probably at the end of the week. Uh, so you can check out that. But we all, Dog does his tiers. Uh, Stag Party does his tears. He's obviously not here. But the four of us become the pyro voice and the, the number, and we average out where we had the guys uh, with the formula, and uh, we take it from there. And for right now, for the tiers going up and for the draft kit, that's our collective tiers. And then, as we said in uh, previous shows, right before the drafts and right before the final stuff for Fantasy Pros and that competition for the pre-draft accuracy test, we go in and we really sit around and really, it's not just an average of ours, we really talk it through. Well, I think that's the key point here is that none of us, when we're creating our own tiers, are looking at what the other guys are doing. So we are coming up with our tiers and then we, you know, Staggs compiles it all where he has all the players ranked and we come up with the average, which is what we have now. But then when we get to that point at the end for our, our submission for our final rankings, that's when we put the whole brain trust together and we really work it through. So, but what's really cool is that on each of these versions of the draft kit, you're getting to see each of our tiers. And it's, it's not like you're going to see a lot of differences there because we each have our own opinions. Yep. And that's kind of the, going to be the crux of this show is talking about some of the reasons why we had would have a guy there that another one of us didn't. And uh, really in, interspersed with that, we'll just keep talking and beating, beating down the thought of just different kind of concepts and reasons why we use tears in the first place. If you want to see that stuff, we came out with that video, the Pyro Pro video cast, uh, about 10 days ago. Check that out. It's up on our website. Just scroll down a little bit and you'll see a, a video of uh, me, Dogmatica, and Stag Party sitting outside uh, firing it up. So that's a Tears. And then again, we did that Tears, tears uh, with Beers podcast about four or five shows ago. My, my mom said she actually watched that, uh, that video of the, of the Tears. She said she understands it now. Really? Uh, yeah. She fully understands Tears. It's not going to make her play fantasy football, but... She understands it, and she's like, that's what I understand. Derek has to take pills to get a heart on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not that your mom would say that. Yeah. Passenger's name is Joe Salucci. He's supposed to fly to Des Moines for an operation, something to do with sexual impotence. The Des Moines Institute? You know. We'll get familiar with it. With a... I know. <laughs> I've been, been there, done that. <laughs> Just saying, so girls know out there. All good. Things working. I'm, uh, I'm the kind of guy who likes to make fun of myself so that everyone likes me and takes the edge off. Makes my life a little more meaningful. A lot of stuff doesn't work. I said in another podcast, you know, my eyes are, are, are great. They are. Uh, my I'll wiener say, works let's terrific. Let's just say this. He's got a Pez dispenser, but his Pez dispenser has little blue pills in it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, they don't call them D-Rex for nothing. The R-X <laughs> stands for something. <laughs> I knew I was going to kill us. This is going to cost me a lot of opportunities for uh, that guy on Miami, the JJs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into some running backs. Running backs. Let's start running backs. We always start at quarterbacks, and we're going to start starting on different positions because on these podcasts, we're known to go real long on our first position. So... 
All right, Houdini, you're the only guy. We're going to start Adrian Peterson. We'll kind of just blow through uh, talking about it and then just discuss differences. Uh, differences. Uh, all of us, uh, me, Staggs, and Dog, have Adrian Peterson at number one this uh, year. So he's our number one consensus, consensus guy. Houdini, you're at number two. No, 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 no. I'm back at number one. Yeah. You're looking at an old version then because uh, he is my number one. Uh, I've moved him back up the charts. Did, did you do it since the first send? No, it's it's in the you gotta you gotta right. look in, you gotta look at the right file, my friend. So Adrian Peterson is is the number one guy. I think we are all in agreement on that. That year off is is only gonna help him. He has extra motivation with everything that's been going on in his life in the last year, and he is still a beast. And again, when you think about uh, who your top running back is gonna be, and and one of the things that is to look at, especially because he is could be potentially for most of us, I would think uh, our number one off the draft board pick. And, you know, does the number one pick in a, in a fantasy draft always produce uh, the amount of points that you want? Does he always end up as being the number one guy? Not always, but you know what? There's less of a fear that he is going to fall way down. He's a guy that, at the very least, he's always going to be a producer for you, and that's going to give you a solid production with that number one. I am going to mention a couple other things here, which makes a huge difference when you're really looking at the overall scheme of things when it concerns Adrian Peterson. All the things Houdini said, yes, are true, and I've said a million times before, whenever he's put to the test and people think that maybe he's losing something or maybe he's not as good as he should be or, or was or maybe he's over 30 years old now, he's over the hill, he always proves people wrong. But other than that, the proof's in the pudding here. North Turner, what he has done in the past with running backs is insane. LaDainian Tomlinson, I think, had the most fancy points ever scored by a running back in any year ever. And that was under North Turner in his offense. He's done it with plenty of other guys as well. But the proof's in the pudding last year. Matt Asiata <laughs> yeah. finished 17th in the entire league. More fantasy points than, I mean, there's, I can go through a, a, the gamut with how many guys that he beat out fantasy points-wise. But to finish 17th, and your name is Matt Asiata, and obviously he, he didn't even play every single game. He, he didn't even get 170 carries. I mean, he had 164 carries, and he ended up 17th. Imagine what AP's going to do. Well, and think about it, because what's the telltale sign for Norv Turner? What does he like to do? What Adrian Peterson does best. Give him the ball in the red zone and let your running back score the touchdown. That's Don't allow your quarterback to make the mistakes. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, Pete Carroll, oops. Um, <laughs> you give your, your, your go-to guy the ball. And, I mean, how many touchdowns did LaDainian score in that season? Oh, it's like uh, 28. 20, 20, yeah. 26, 23, 28. I don't know. He had 30-something altogether with the, with the passing, right. too. That's the thing. He gets passes out to these guys as well. And so, AP, hey, normally he would maybe fall off a bit when it comes to PPR. I don't think it happens this year. Not in North Turner's offense. And especially, too, the, 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 we'll move on from AP because we don't want yeah, to yeah, spend don't no time on AP. But the fact is... They don't have a dominating Des Bryant type of wide receiver that's going to take 15, 16 touchdowns uh, away from the running back, you know. So it is Adrian Peterson's show. Yep. Cool. I got the right file. I'm back in the game here, fellas. Go. I'm back in the game. Sorry about that. All right, we got Jamal Charles, another uh, unanimous number two going. I think, um, I'll be honest with you, dog, you're. Uh, I've always loved this guy. I've always been scared of his injury, but in all honesty, other than that one first playoff uh, a couple years ago, the guy's tough. He's able to do it, do it out. And Reed is 
Reed's my favorite coach in the NFL for running backs. Yeah? He's my, yeah. Just, just he makes for, it happen for him. He, just he, really makes, does. He, he is not scared to just keep it going, keep it going, but also f- figures out ways when they're winning to give give the player time to rest. It's not he's smart at the same time. Um, and obviously we know when you got checked down Charlie Alex Smith, uh, good times are abound for a running coach and a crappy deep field quarterback. Well, I think I might have mentioned this last podcast. Um, I think we were talking about it because I drafted him in our latest mock draft, and. I mean, there's a few other reasons to just j- jump on his jock this year. Uh, first and foremost, this has nothing to do with uh, anything I might have said last week, but he just came out recently and said he changed his whole diet, and he said he feels about four or five years younger. He lost a little bit of weight, so he could uh, uh, he regained a little bit of that quickness. Or Did he lose weight or gain? I can't remember exactly which it was, but he feels a ton better. He gained um, something. Yeah, he gained something. Either way, the guy... The guy's going to be a stud this year. They added speed to the outside of, with the receivers, which is going to open up room. Kelsey is a legitimate threat that they're going to have to pay attention to. Uh, he's just got a lot of things going for him this year. That, that You know what? He's, he's my consensus, too, right behind Peterson this year. I think he's a no-brainer. Yeah, the balance on that offense now is only going to benefit Jamal Charles. And that's also going to allow him potentially to be even more active as a receiver. Yeah, you know, which he's, it can be very deadly at as well. You know, it's fun. You, any mock draft I do, I spend a lot of time with my teams and I look at other ones. But usually, you're doing mocks with computers or other rooms, and you don't know anyone. So that mock draft that we did a couple weeks ago, leading up to this uh, version three of the draft kit that's coming out in the next couple of days, uh, it was really huge because I was looking at everybody's team, especially my pyro brethren. You know, you're really trying to break it down, and, and then you, I even read your write up. We're gonna have a write ups about each about the mock draft, and you're mm-hmm. like, you know what? I feel real comfortable going into the season with Jamal Charles as my RB number one. And I was looking at a lot of teams, and I was, I was like, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Thinking about a lot of stuff, and if everything works out as it should, should or could uh, for the best, and he doesn't get hurt, and he plays all those games, and he's, he's, he's he, even field for him, I would love to be have that guy in my starting lineup. Most, the volume, the the breakaway speed, the explosion factor, the fact that he can do have five touchdown games out of the backfield catching the ball yeah. to offset what he's going to be able to do running. Uh, just a great time, and I also love him for the reasons I've said before. I like the idea of handcuffing Nile Davis, and if something, lo and behold, does happen to him, well, I'm not thinking it's the same opportunity when, when Davis gets in there, but I like having number number two uh, ready to go. Nile Davis actually came out and said that he, he believes he's every bit as good as Jamal Charles. He knows he's his backup. He knows he's the number two there. He's not trying to challenge Charles. But he believes he's every bit as good as him. And to be quite honest, when you see him play in there in that system, he looks it. He looks that good. Jamal, in the last two years, most touchdowns in the league. Most touchdowns in the entire league over the last two years. 33 in the last in his last 30 games. That's insane. That's awesome. That's, yeah. Damn good. Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Stags has him lower than everyone else, probably because he's just considering the the you know the, the suspension. suspension. Uh, but we're all tied. God, we're gonna have to move on quickly because we we've agreed on every pick so far. But uh, Dog Houdini and uh, myself, D Rex, we are both in with him at Le'Veon at number three, even with the suspension. Well, and he was my number one previously. I'm pretty and, sure. And, and that was because three. I thought it was gonna be a two game suspension. That three game suspension. Forced me to have to move him down to three. You have to. I mean, it's it. Listen, the guy is going to put up a ton of points per game. He's actually with those first few games. I think I mentioned last podcast. Pittsburgh has a tough running schedule for the first three or four games. So missing those three games, not getting beat up in those in those games, and letting D'Angelo uh, you know, crumble to a crisp there. That's you know that's fine. 
Le'Veon will take it for the last 13 games. <laughs> I don't even, I, I made that one. That is that great. Incredible. Sounds like a delicious pie. It does. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, but, I mean, he'll be rolling for the last 13 games. Guy put up 18 fantasy points per game last year in, in standard scoring. Um, the only person who had more was, was DeMarco, and it was simply because of DeMarco's volume, which was absolutely insane, which won't happen this year, uh, being on a different team. But uh, Le'Veon is got the, the man there, and he's a scoring machine. He is a double, triple threat. The guy can pretty much do it all. Uh, you got to love him there. And I, in some ways, I think you talked about it last podcast as well. We said, hey, maybe those three days are good for his health. You know, yeah, he's yeah. not feeling great. The knee's not 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 really going as great as maybe they they wanted to. So maybe this is just a you know a beauty in disguise. So to wrap this back into tears, uh, that rounds up tier number one. So one at running back position, tier number one is Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles, Le'Veon Bell. So that's tier. So those first three guys. Now we're going to get on to tier number two. Uh, and we'll talk about a guy that I'm not as high on as you guys, Eddie Lacy. I got him an eight. Um, I don't know why. It could change. Could come back down to earth. I like him as a player. I just worry that, that once this team gets going and rolling, they just they just seem to be a passing team still. No matter how good, good of a balance you have, um, maybe I'm wrong. He could be a guy that could be moving down for me. But right now, I, I, I like some players. Over, over Lacey, and even again after the mock draft, I passed on him on one point, and someone took him, and it, it just didn't hurt me inside, you know, it just didn't make me feel, oh, why did I do that? So my tears are representative of that. And there's actually a good question that was posted on Facebook where it's like, hey, I saw D Rex had a guy down here. Does that mean, uh, you know, it was like um, uh, Martavis, uh, not Martavis Bryant, uh, Murray. It's uh, Murray. Mark. Yeah. No, 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 I'm, I'm uh, a guy on Oakland. Oh, Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray. There you go, Murray. Okay, sorry, I was thinking of DeMarco. Um, yeah, but him, and he was like, you have him uh, low, uh, higher than Hyde and higher than some other guy. Does that mean you think he's going to finish with more fantasy points than that guy? To be honest, and tears are a different thing to each person, not really. I think I like Murray for like the first half of the season, kind of. I feel like he's going to get banged up. Um and I don't know. That's why on my teams, when I after I draft my drafts, my bench, no one really, none of these computerized uh, systems like my benches very much. But I don't know. If I take a guy higher, it doesn't necessarily mean I think he's going to finish the season with more fantasy points. As weird as that might be in some instances, but I do like uh, Murray if he's there and he's going a little high, rich for my blood. But uh, anyway, I digress. But I was uh, I was just thinking about the way tears can mean so many different things to different people. For me, doesn't necessarily this isn't like the scoring champions in a row uh, from one from one to thirty or whatever, if that makes sense. Sorry. Um, at the at the end when we put together our final consensus, the ones that we send in um, uh, you know to uh, fantasy pros or whatever for the, the you know the year long contest, that is in accordance to where we believe that they'll finish in terms of pay, uh, points wise, because that's the way that that's graded out. Yeah. There's no uh, other way to do it That with that. This is more in terms of where we would draft a guy in our fantasy drafts, yeah. which uh, isn't necessarily the same thing. Um, sometimes you uh, need a, 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 or Thanks want a guy who has more explosion factors. Uh, sometimes true. it's more, you you know, you may be playing in a league that gives you more points for longer touchdowns or whatnot. And we have to consider those things as we're going through with uh, stuff like this. Um, so... I don't, know, it's, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly how to answer that question. Some of it is, some of it isn't. It's kind of a smorgasbord of it all. 
Uh, what I, I will say is that we don't cater to try and think and forecast the best scoring so that our teams look good within some sort of model of, uh, of scoring. Uh, right now, you know, it's kind of these are the guys that we want. This is a guy, obviously, we want the most points out of him, but that doesn't always mean it's all about points to me. Right. I would say for me, it's probably more about points from the top end of my tiers. And then as you're talking about like where Latavius is, it's like, you know, he's a guy that's sitting there at like uh, collectively at number 17. That's where it's it's kind of like a little Potential bit, comes it's a, a little bit of projecting. It's a little there bit of saying, go. you know what, if I think that Very this true. guy can do what he can do, I, I like the potential of putting him here. And then again, you know, as you get closer, that's where you're going to start to see more things. We can't even see anybody in pads until training camp, so we don't know, you know, exactly how everyone's looking in the, in the offense is going in right now. We're projecting at that at that point. Yeah, anything call. can happen over the next couple of months, of course, and that plays a huge part in, in what we do with our tiers as we go through the next couple of months. But as you said, when it gets into that 15 down, when it comes to running backs, I think of the potential for. Uh, major success and the potential for failure with some of these guys. I will have a Carlos Hyde down farther. We'll talk about him a little bit later. I'll have him down far, farther for my particular reasons. Other people will have him up higher. I used to have him up higher until all that shit happened with the offensive line <laughs> and uh, uh, his latest injuries and stuff like that. Little things make a difference at this point. So the closer you get to the actual season, things kind of even out a little bit more. Nice. All right. Well, so tier two is starts out with Eddie Lacy, tier the um, the second player in tier pick fifth pick overall in tier two for running backs, Marshawn Lynch. So Stags got him at six, I've got him at five, you've got him at six, and you've got him at five. So that um, would be dog at five. Yeah, sorry, dog, dog. You and you and you. You, hey, <laughs> hey, you got, I got a great, I got a great uh, direction for radio. <laughs> Well, let's, yeah, got, let's kind of look at the three guys that are there. It's Eddie Lacy, Marshawn Lynch, and the next guy is Arian Foster. Um, and Foster is a guy that we kind of have some differing opinions on. I don't have Foster as, as high. I have him at 10, although I still like him a lot. Um, it's, you know, when I, when I look at it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm still not down on DeMarco Murray. I still love everything that's going on with Jeremy Hill. So I'm, I'm higher uh, or as high as anybody on Hill uh, with Dog at, uh, at number 8. So... When you're looking at where Foster is, like for me, you know, here's another guy that's just had a ton of, uh, of work. And, and I look at the type of offense that they have now, it's, I just don't see as much protection there for him. And that, that's the main reason that I'm kind of concerned about him and I downgraded him a bit. It's the, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's tough to talk about because trying to predict injuries every year or whatnot is, is really tough to go off of. You go off of Foster's past. He misses a couple few games a year, which makes it really tough uh, to, you know, to give him his due. But even last year when he missed three games, still ended up fifth in the entire league in fantasy points. Which, I mean, that's impressive. More points than Eddie Lacy, who played all 16 games. The thing is that in 13 games, he had 260 carries. In 16 games, Eddie Lacy had 14 fewer carries. These are the type of things that you, I don't know, it's really tough to get a, an honest mix on. Um, some people have different opinions. I don't blame you for putting him at 10, for putting Foster at 10. I put him at 7. Uh, the, the schedule lines up for it. You know, he's got the easiest schedule again. Um, the, the offense is going to be a severe running offense. That defense is going to be a lot better getting that ball back into uh, Houston, into the offense's hand. So it's, I don't know. It's it's a real mixture there. I can't blame you for putting him at ten. Alfred Blue looks all right. Um, 
They might pass the ball a little bit more. DeAndre Hopkins is going to demand uh, his targets, and he'll, he'll get them. Um, I don't know, Jalen Strong, who knows, Cecil Shorts is there. They're, they're, I mean, there might be, a, you know, you know so some, some passing game going on there, but not a whole hell of a lot, if you ask me. But he's one of those guys that you're going to differ on, and there's going to be a large difference with what people are thinking. And not only that, he's just always been a guy, even as great as he's always been, he's just never been my guy. I've, yeah. just, I've, I've never been an Arian Foster guy. So, you know, it's hard for me to change my stripes in that regard as well. And so that's what we always say. You love the guys that you love, and, you know. Yeah, I, I do love him. I know he's going to miss three or four games. Uh, he just seems to always have that value and the, the strength of schedule in his favor again. It's just, like, it's a great time. It just it really, he's a group. When you watch him and he's healthy, he's just a remarkable running back. And he fell into my lap in our mock draft in the third round. So Yeah, yeah you know, which is absolutely Yeah, if you're getting insane. him as an RB3. Uh, RB, it was my RB2, but in the third round. So yeah, uh, yeah, just yeah. crazy value there. That was one of those picks, actually, where I knew that I was taking. I knew I, I knew that he wasn't coming back or anything. But after he was taken, it was in that mock. I was a little bit like, ah, uh, I forget who, what wide receiver I grabbed. But um, he's he's a guy. He's just good, man. You see it. He's top five and misses misses games. He's got the explosion games, man. For five games with over twenty points, <laughs> that's, that's sick. sick. That's I mean, sick. That's, how, now, how about how about Eddie Lacy in that regard? Because, you know, this is the thing where, like, a lot of people are projecting Eddie Lacy as being, and a lot of the sites are saying he's the number one running back. And I just don't see that explosion factor for him. I don't see him having these just monster games or having, especially because how is Foster able to do it? Because he can break a long run. And, and and score a touchdown on it. Lacey just doesn't have that pull-away speed. Um, but even more so than that, think about it. Okay, a guy like Lacey you think needs to get, like, a few touch, a few touchdowns in a game or two to really have that explosion factor. Like, literally have a two- or three-touchdown game. A three-touchdown game is almost impossible for him because that goal line area is such a passing. It's just like one of those... It's Jordy, or it's 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 now Devonte. Remember, Devonte had all those inside huh. the ten yard line touchdowns. They're when they go Randall up and Cobb down the gets three, a ton yeah, of, gets a ton when, of red zone when action they're, there. when they're in the within the five. It's not really a running play, um, which hurts them. Four games over to over twenty points in sixteen. Four in single digits in sixteen. Uh, Aaron Foster only had two in single digits, and one of them uh, he he got hurt. Actually, two of them. Both both those games he got hurt in. Um, it was against Buffalo. He only had eight carries. Oh no, maybe not that one. But he only had eight carries in one of them, and only five in the other one. That was week seventeen. So I, I don't even count that one, to be honest. Right. I mean, yeah, the explosion factor for Foster is well worth taking a chance on. Eddie's just, I think, more consistent. I guess I don't know. Right. I agree. Um, and also remember, Eddie had uh, Rogers out for some of the spells, so he's even getting more action. If you think Rogers playing sixteen games. I don't think that bodes well. So just so we don't give you all the information, Pyromaniac Mo tells us they're giving away the draft kit on the podcast. So we're not gonna we're not gonna do the next two tiers. We're not gonna cover. Um, so you, there's got to be some sort of secrecy and reason for you guys to buy that draft kit. Version three coming out this week. If you bought version one or version two, you'll automatically get it. If you haven't bought any of them yet, buy it now. Go check out our website. You can click in the upper right hand corner. Click on that. Go buy it. When version 3 comes out in the next 3-4 days, you'll automatically get it. Pick it up. The thing's life-changing. Uh, Alright, we're moving past 3, which is actually uh, number 7 through 11, guys. Tier number 4 we're going to move past as well. That's um, 12 through 18. So, we're going to go to tier 5. Um, and actually, this is kind of fun and exciting. Um, 
Biggest discrepancy. Yeah, we got between in one player. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I Mr. mean, Mr. Todd Gurley. Yeah, Mr. Todd Gurley. And you know what? It you can go 19th either route. Overall tier five. Nineteenth overall First slot um, is where he averaged out to between the four of us. And D Rex, you have him the highest at number ten. Yeah, I'm. Talk I'm, about I'm that. really, I'm really high on this guy. Obviously, I've got to, you know, it's early. I got to see him running around, actually playing and cutting and getting some in pads kind of action, which you're uh, not going to see for a while. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a while. But I just, I just love. I, mean, I was about to say something the wrong way. I love the way Fisher runs running backs into the ground and shortens their career. That's basically <laughs> what I was about to say. Um, but I love the way, from a fantasy perspective. I'm an older guy. I've been playing since Eddie George was around. I've been, I've seen Fisher uh, in his longest tenure of any coach until he got fired five years ago by them. I've seen what he does when he's got a tool at running back, and it is run, 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 run. It is just the doors. Jim Morrison in your hair, headphones saying run, run, run. It's it's ridiculous. So if this guy's healthy. Which we saw even before that draft, him on the treadmill running as fast as anyone humanly could possibly do on a treadmill. I believe him. He's a kind of once in a lifetime talent. There isn't. There, there's five guys you can think of that have been coming out in the last ten years out of college that had this kind of talents. Those kind of guys usually pan out. Can I ask you a question? What is? It's an interrogative statement used to test knowledge, but that's not important right now, Mister. So here's my question, because Dog, you got him at a much different spot. You have him right now at number 36. Yes, I do. And I, I'm closer to to, uh, to D-Rex there. I got him at 15. And, and my thing is, I watched him play at Georgia last year. Uh, holy crap. He was just the most impressive guy that I had seen running the ball in college since Adrian Peterson. So I'm just curious. I mean, I know, I know the injury factor for him coming back off of the ACL, it's tough. Um, is that the main reason why you got him down that far? That's that's well, no, it's not. That's not. That is the main reason, but that's not the only reason. Um, my, at this point, like we've said before, we've beaten it to, to the ground. Um, it's predictive. This is these are predictions that we can only make at this point. They're not even in pads, right. uh, doing everything that they could do yet. But from everything that I've seen, everything that I've heard. Um, He's not, he's going to be on the PUP. That's that's my guess is that he's going to go on the PUP. That's automatic. You're set out the first six games. Well, let let, let let me pose it to you this way. Let's say he doesn't end up on the PUP. Oh, then I change it. Play let's say they, let's say let's say conservatively, then they maybe they hold him out the first two weeks of the season. Um, you know what? It's they would definitely ease him in. I don't know if they'd hold him completely out if he's if he's healthy enough to not be on the PUP. That means he's healthy enough to do some real work out there. And I still believe that they're going to ease him in because he won't have gotten in all the practice time that you need as a rookie to figure out the system and figure out what's going on. Trey Mason is just fine as your starter, you know, for the interim time right now. You know, right now He showed that last year. But the fact of the matter is that St. Louis has the second toughest rushing schedule in the entire league. He's going to be going up against fucking Seattle, uh, you know, to, to twice a year. And to throw Gurley out there against rough and tumble teams that will want to kick this guy's ass like immediately, you know, I'm saying they're not, not going to 
play, you know, if I feel bad for you about your injuries and all that sort of stuff, they're going to try and wear him down. They're going to wear him down hard quick. Well, that's going to be the thing that's going to be the most telling thing for Gurley is because I think he can take it because the guy is just beastly oh, when he's, he's got the bots. The question's going to be because, again, when you have an injury like he had, it's really not until the season after that you get all your full burst back. So it's going to be interesting to see exactly what his burst looks like. But as far as you looking at talent and whatever, I mean, that guy has just got sick talent. And, and like D-Rex said, when you're with Jeff Fisher, he's a guy that's going to you know really showcase his ability and showcase what he can do. Um, and, and, I, and I kind of think that you know they really want to get him out there as soon as they can. So Well, I mean, the question is, for, first of all, Defenses are going to be king on the run against St. Louis. I don't think anybody is square, uh, scared of a... Nick Foles? They want to extend his contract. A, a paper mache Brian Quick or, you know, I mean, or, or, you know, as you said, Nick Foles. I don't think anybody's scared of that passing game there. Uh, Stedman Bailey or whatnot. Britt. So, you know, another guy. Or, or Britt, another paper mache guy. I mean, and Jared Cook, who's, you know, perennially just under, under his talent level at this point. So, I... I just think that it's it's not lining up great for him in year one, especially if he, he goes on the PUP, which I believe he will. But even if he doesn't, like I said, they have the second toughest schedule in the entire league for running backs. He's in the toughest hardcore um, running division, so it, uh, against the run division. So it's just, I mean, listen, if he, if he doesn't go on the PUP, I'll definitely be moving him up. He won't be 36 for me. But Trey Mason is just fine for them right now. I don't think that Jeff Fisher just throws him to the wolves. I think that he eases him in no matter what, and Mason still gets his carries. Let's move on to another guy that we have a big discrepancy on, who's another rookie, who happens to be the guy we have ranked at number 20, TJ Yeldon. Um, I'm the guy who's, you know... I'm, I'm not. I'm not as much of a believer as you guys are. Uh, it's a volume for me. It's a volume based. That's pick. exactly saw, what it is. We saw what happened. I mean, the Jaguars last year after they got uh, Whitey from Stanford. I forgot his name. Gerhardt. He's he's out of my memory so much. Storm Johnson stinks. They got their Denard Robinson's been Actually, their best running back for two were last year because he was doing so well. Yeah. He's, he's doing so well. If that guy can make some carries going, a guy that's first round value uh, on a championship team that's. Following up after a guy we were just talking about uh, in, in, in Lacey, who was following up uh, Richardson before him. Hopefully he's Lacey more alike and not Richardson. But it's just volume. This guy is going to get a ton of carries. The volume is going to be insane. And when you look at other players, there's too many ifs. With him, it's more of like if, not if. And where do you have him, Ray? I've got him at uh, 13? 13, yeah. I got him at 27. So here's the thing. He may get all that volume, but I'm going to harken back to something that we also preach. Power in numbers. Oh, you got him at 17. I do have him at 17. I'll explain mine, too. And, and, and the thing is, this is not a power in numbers team. If I was going to say a team that could go from zero or one, maybe they have one left, they would probably have zero. From zero to two or three in one season, I think the biggest parity in power numbers could be with this team. It could be. It could, it, no, I'll tell you why, too. It very well could be, but here's the way that I'm looking at it. I know you brought in you brought in Julius Thomas. Julius Thomas uh, is going to add to the, to the passing attack. You have Allen Robinson, who's looking fantastic so far in all their mini camps and everything. They have a lot of talent. you got Marquise Wilson. So you have a lot of the guys there for Blake Bortles to build around. He didn't have the benefit of a running game last year. But that's going to be the first thing that everyone's going to want to do. They're going to want to shut down that running game and force Blake to beat him. And the fact is, I don't love the Jacksonville Jaguars offensive line. So when you're bringing in a running back and you're putting him on a bad team... 
or an average team. I just don't see where I can have that much faith in that guy. I, he, that's one of those ones for me. You, you, you show me first, and then I'll believe it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. All right, first of all, who do you think spent the most money and guaranteed money this past offseason? That's Jacksonville, boys. It wasn't yeah. the Jets. You know, there was a couple other teams that were right up there, but Jacksonville spent the most money. They are determined to get better, and it wasn't on receivers, yeah, you know, yeah. or anything like that. It was, they, they got their big tight end, but they also got some defense, and they did get a little offensive line a, a little bit better there. This is also a division that you can have players score fantasy points in. This is not a defensive, uh, so much of a defensive uh, uh, division here. You got Tennessee going out there. Indianapolis is, yeah, they're they're okay. Houston definitely got a little bit better. But Jacksonville, uh, listen, this guy, this Yeldon kid, is really good. He's a lot better than anything they've had in a while. Um, Toby Gerhardt was a piece of shit, but when Denard Robinson was running there, that guy, he was like the number one pickup for like two weeks in a row. Because yeah. people didn't believe it at first, and then he did it again the next week. And then he did it again the next week. Yeah. I mean, if a guy who wasn't even a running back in college could do that well in in, in, in Jacksonville, you're talking about T.J. Yellen was one of the best running backs coming out this year. And there's actually a couple teams that had him as the best, um, even yeah. even with you know even with Gurley's injury and all that. Who knows? But I mean, Yeldon can really carry the load there. He's got three down back. He's not somebody you take off the field. He can catch the ball too. He's good in pass pro. So he's just got a lot of potential there for me. He's got an NFL body. Big time. He's got a running back body. Yeah. He's got he's got the measurables. He's got the athleticism. He's in a situation that is um, you know probably it's probably the best one other than maybe Gordon and I, I love Gurley's too, but just again the injury factor yeah. where uh, yeah it just I'm not to be honest. I'm a power numbers guy, and I, I agree with Houdini. Usually, the Jaguars scare the hell uh, scare me off. I just feel like that team could be scoring a lot of fantasy points. And if they're one year away, then so be it. I'll get burned by a couple picks. But these guys, I mean, Thomas is going so late, so late. Wait, Julius, baby, yeah. yeah, Julius is going so late. Uh, no one's picking Bortles, at, nor should you. Robinson's pretty late. Um, you know, it's just. There's a lot of good Yeldon. I think's a value pick where he's going here. I've got him at 13. He's probably he's, his ADP is much. I don't have it right here, but it's much less. Let's go on to the next guy in that uh, bracket as far as tier five. Uh, again, the reason why we did skip three and four is you know we want you guys to either you know pick up that draft kit or check it out over time. We don't want to give you everything, and also in the in the guise of moving through uh, all the positions, we can't sit here and do all the guys. So. Uh, last guy is Jonathan Stewart, at number the twenty-first overall running back. Uh, where do you have uh, Stewart? Um, I got him dogs high. got him highest. Twenty-first? No, I got him. No, highest. You got him highest. I got, we're oh, all really. I got him actually, nineteen. Yeah, we're all right there. So nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, and twenty-two. Yeah. So here's the thing: like when I'm looking at if you're comparing a T.J. Yeldon and a Jonathan Stewart, well, give me the guy that's done it before. Give me the guy that finally doesn't have D'Angelo Williams to, to annoy him in the stupid backfield. Give me a guy that's on a team that's a good team in, in uh, the Carolina Panthers that is going to have a fully healthy Cam Newton. I know that may be why you, you, you guys may not be as high on him as I am, but look what he did in, in the second half of last season. He became a dominator, and he finally showed the organization enough to say, see you later, D'Angelo. We don't need this anymore. And, and then what did they do? They added big guys uh, in, in their draft. Devin Funches. 
is a monster. And you're going to line him up outside, and you still got Greg Olson there with, with Calvin Benjamin. But here's the, here's the benefit of that. What I like about those big guys like that, if uh, Stewart's able to, to break any runs into the second level and he's got those guys blocking downfield for him, those are those are just brick shit houses that are blocking for you down downfield. Very true. I love it. And I listened, I said in our pre-production show, so I, I'm, I'm going against what I said here, but we don't want to talk about injuries too much on the show because we did, we recorded a show a year ago and we were talking about injuries too much and... Man, listening to shows a year later sometimes can be very frustrating. But we're willing to put it out on the line. We're not scared to make our calls. And, uh, you know, it's it, this is tough business. But at the end of the day, who do you yell? If you were going to say games played this year, Yeldon, James, uh, J- J- Jonathan Stewart. James Stewart. James Stewart. James. It's a wonderful world. I'm still going with Jonathan Stewart. Do you I'm think still... Jonathan Stewart's going to play more games than Yeldon? Yeah, because you want to know what? He at least. He's had... averaged like two games a I year for like the last been... 20 years. I know. <laughs> you know what? But I'm, I'm willing to roll the dice on it because the guy. A guy who's been through the rigors and understands it, you know, it's a whole different thing for a rookie who's going to be put into that limelight. Who's you say he's going to get a ton of carries? That means he's also taken a ton of hits, and he has not been hit by NFL players. He played at Alabama. He played with NFL players against not NFL players. Did so, you, did you see that graphic, by the way? Like three years ago, they showed the Alabama team lining up against. Uh, I can't remember what defense it was. <laughs> Every single player is in the NFL. Right. Every single one of them is in the NFL. It's in the NFL. It's like the number one starter. recruiting class for the last like seven years. Insanity. It's yeah. So that's where I think it's, it's a lot of times that becomes a shock to the system for some of these guys. So you know that's where I'm just I'm I'm more a believer in Jay Stu. Okay. I mean I'm not saying I'm not more of a believer, and I agree. I love the team more. There's a lot. I just I just I just think Yeldon is a guy that. If he's your flex, if he's your running back two, I'm not saying it's a great running back two, but your your wide receivers, you might have one of those stud quarterbacks if you got him. I like the fact that he could play 16 games and surprise. He needs. He, I'm, I'm rooting and hoping for the upside, but I think he's got it. And it's just, you know what? He's not going to be your. Neither one is going to be your RB one either way. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what you're. I mean. I, I, I like to go with uh, chances when it comes to my RB2 or even RB3. I have a feeling one of these two guys would more be my RB3. Um, but if I was to take a chance there, I th- you're right. Stewart is a, a, that guy when, he, when he's healthy and he's out there playing, he's a dominator. I, I loved him years ago. The guy's got all the talent in the world, and he is on a team that you, know, you could definitely do something with. That's for sure. But when it comes to taking chances, I don't know if I would take a chance, to be honest, on either one of them. I had a tough time taking chances on rookie running backs and injury-prone running backs. And that's what both of these two guys are. Is he in your, you submitted it yesterday, I'm going to try and get up tonight, but if not tomorrow. Is he in your career year beware? No. Because if it was on the last five games of the season, he should be. (laughs) Because there's no way what you saw those last five games is what he's going to do over a season. The last thing I'll say about about him, though, what was always the thing that was so infuriating when you were a fantasy owner of him, when he had like D'Angelo Williams there? Jonathan Stewart is the type of running back that gets better with more carries in the game. And every time that it, it was like, D'Angelo's averaging 3.1 yards a carry. Here's Stewart's averaging 5.2 every time he's touching the ball. And then they stop giving him the ball. Yeah. But this is wishful thinking. When I think of, 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 of Stewart, and he, he was on my team last year, I'm thinking a lot more of like a Ben Tate type of guy who's really always up and injured than I'm thinking of what he can do when he plays. Because... There's a discrepancy there, and he is sitting a lot more than he's playing. I, 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 I was going to say, I understand that, but... 
would you handle this? We could try ignoring it, sir. I see. Pretend nothing has happened and hope everything turns out all right in the morning. Just a thought, sir. I've considered that. That's what I'm going with. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there it is. What I'm going with. You know what, what do you got? Well, we've run these tests, sir. Thank you, Rorschach. What do you make of these, Captain? It's a bird. It's a cow. It's a horse with a hat on Last thing I'll say on Stewart, then we'll definitely move on from him. But I mean, he is one of those type of guys. It's tough to get a handle on, so it's it's worth talking about with, with him. Yeah. Um, the problem there is the, the rushing touchdowns. That used to be. I mean, he had ten in each of his first two years. Since then, in his last five years combined, ten. Ten in his first year, ten in his second year, and then ten combined in his next five years playing. Holy. Yeah, I mean, Holy. It's, I'm Good sorry, but the Cam, the Cam Newton factor does take away from him because Cam's still going to go for his. And it's not whether it's called or not. He'll call his own number. He doesn't give a shit. No, what, are you, what, are you going to fire him? What, are you going to get rid of him? Are you going to play, uh, I don't even know who his fucking backup is anymore. <laughs> well, but the thing is that the Cam has also seen his touchdown numbers reduce over the years. And the problem has been it's just always been such a crowded backfield. So I'm I'm taking the, the point of they've added to the offense and given Cam more weapons to be a quarterback, a real tra- more traditional quarterback, which is really what he wants to do, and that Stewart gives him that, that solid Running back there, that, and I, I'm telling you what, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 10 touchdowns this year. I'll, I'll stand on it. If he stays healthy, he's going to be great. One other thing, I'll, to go back to that audio piece, um, you know, a lot of my uh, ex girlfriends at the beginning of dating them uh, have to wear a condom. You know, you're in there, you're feeling the way out, and basically they, uh, they all called it a horse with a hat. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Okay, Rorschach. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, we're following up on last week, which was Airplane. This is Airplane 2, the sequel. Yeah, and put that Pez dispenser away. I do not want to see that out here. Um, and the music, part off for Pyros. Perry Farrell's uh, awesome friggin' band after Jane's Addiction broke up. The opener, opening track is Miha. Uh, love that song. And then we're going to close with Cursed Male and Cursed Female. Porno for Pyros. Good times. Well, you're talking about you with your girlfriends. I think it was more like this. Oh, Father, I've led such a sinful life. You see, I'm married with two kids, and there were these two girls at the company. I got both of them pregnant, so I had to steal from the company in order to pay for the abortions. And I... God bless you. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you. <laughs> I. This is the story of my life. <laughs> Should we move uh, to another tier? Yeah. Let's skip another let's tier. Go, let's, let's skip another tier, uh, and then and then go to let's skip yeah let's skip another tier and then let's close out on this position. Uh, so that we're gonna go to tier seven. We're skipping tier six, which is actually a pretty interesting tier. So it's good. Uh, it's tier seven. This is the twenty seventh through the thirtieth ranked running back, and basically we have Giovanni Bernard. Is we'll just name them all and then we'll discuss them. Giovanni Bernard is twenty seven. Rashad Jennings is twenty eight. 29 is Amir Abdullah, and 30 is LeGarrette Blount. Uh, one thing I'll say quickly, and I'll let you guys discuss with some good banter and fantasy football knowledge, is in the mock draft, Rashad Jennings was one of those ones that I felt like, you know what, where he's going to go this year, I felt like, I don't know if one of you guys got him, it might have been you, dog, but... Uh, Rashad? I, yeah, no. I, I, I felt I, like the value was really there. I think it was like a 12th or 13th round pick, and... Uh, yeah, if he stays healthy and, and, and gets it going early, as much as they're talking about this three-headed monster, he's gonna if he's do, playing well, he's their best running back. 
Yeah, he's still a guy for me that, that when we talk about Stewart having injury issues, Rashad is one that scares me more. Same thing. Um, you know, and, and, and you look at that offense. But Stewart's going much, much sure, earlier. Absolutely. Okay. But I, I think rightly so, in my opinion. You know, yeah. Yeah. Rashad is just a guy that. I just think this is a value guy. Right. Saying. And the thing with Rashad that I think was, you know, he had shown, he had the potential to have this huge value going into last year when you were watching the preseason games and it was like screen pass after screen pass after screen pass. Well, the only problem with that is it's Shane Vereen now. So that's the one you know aspect I think that, that that hurts him. Then you get into the red zone and you have Andre Williams, who he could be that that touchdown Tommy Vardell. He's going to be the vulture in the red zone, and I think that just hurts what Rashad's total value is going to be. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm with you. That so I mean, yeah. The the thing is that they're going to be running a lot of no huddle over there in, in New York. And if you if you try and run no huddle with Rashad Jennings, yes, he can catch the ball, and he's actually very adept at it. But he's also going to get injured doing that. You you cannot run him that hard, you know, because he he's proven time and time again the guy gets injured. So they're going to be running Shane Vereen in that no huddle offense a lot, and that works. You know, I mean, that's what when the Patriots were were running like that. That's what they would do is that they would just keep Vereen out there, and he would do his you know work his magic out there. So that's that's something that definitely takes it away from Jennings. Um, but I just, yeah, I just don't think that that offense quite. Is, is quite right for him at this point. I, I think it's right for Vereen, uh, which is why I have, I have Vereen, I think, higher than anybody else on this. Uh, you might, yeah, it's very possible. Yeah, and I'm, I'm warming up to the fact that with that with that offense and uh, Manning being able to check down with all those other weapons, that Vereen's a, a sharp and crafty enough kind of guy to really find some holes with those other weapons. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's absolutely. talk about a guy in, the, in this tier that I think is the most interesting, who was one of my biggest movers up my uh, tiers from uh, version 2 to version 3, who Dog has higher than all of us that are you, me, and Stags are kind of really close on. But I, and I am easily can see this guy jumping up for me. You know, he, uh, as a rookie... Amir Abdullah. Yep. I could see him being a guy that I'm going to end up putting up potentially higher than TJ Yeldon, even with Yeldon getting all those opportunities that he's initially going to get. I'm you, you, really close to it already. Right. <laughs> you look at where, you know, Joyke Bell, I think he was he missing some time in minicamp or something like he's that. He's missed all time. Right. He's, so he has, he's been missing on the Multiple time. surgeries in the offseason, and he's had multiple surgeries before. And these are his legs. Right. And, and, and he's also a guy that when you look at Joyke Bell, he's been a guy that you can't project him to be. I don't want to have grab him as my running back too. You know, he's he's not a guy that is going to blow anybody out of the water. Going to be that that dominating type of a of a running back, which is why they drafted Amir Abdullah. You have Golden Tate. You got Calvin Johnson. You got Eric Ebron. If he can step his game up, you got a ton of weapons out there that is going to open up more holes for this guy. So. I, I look at it and I say, man, this is a guy who I think is just going to be continually on the rise in my tears as, it's, as this offseason progresses. Yeah, I've read more about the guy this week and just hearing about how he looks just uh, just delightful in, in camps and whatnot. Uh, so I, I agree. Well, everybody's darling, uh, you know, of course. Go, going into before the draft Pete was jerk off sessions. Was uh, well before the draft was the Oritic. Everybody wanted to get on that guy's jock. This guy impressed so much. In camp, within in you know just voluntary stuff, the rookie camp, something within like two weeks, he's way ahead of Theo Uretic. They're, they're saying Theo could be cut. Yeah, I mean Amir Abdullah is the real deal. I mean they drafted him pretty freaking high too. I think he was was he? It's like a second round draft pick. I think it was for them or something like that. I just I don't see them cutting Theo Uretic because again I think it's one of those things that I don't either. But you know I, because just, of Joyke Bell, I, I think that that. 
Amir Abdullah fits more into his type of a role. And then you want to have Theo as that as that yeah, other guy that, that's that's is he out in Nebraska? There. Is he that guy? That Nebraska, is, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. I've seen this guy play. He's ridiculous. He is right. ridiculous. He, he's he's ridiculous absolutely looking. ridiculous. Um, I mean, uh, Joy Bell is still sidelined at this Bass point with power. Achilles and knee surgeries for Joy Bell. It's Amir Abdullah, guys. And Stafford's already talking him up. They already love him as a receiver. They say his pass pro is great already. Second um, rounder, dude. Yeah, they drafted him in the second round. Not for, I mean, they let go of Bush. Like they want this guy. This guy is going to be a stud in this team. There's, it's wide open for him uh, to do some serious damage. You got your Tate. You got Calvin Johnson drawing defenses away. Uh, it's it's going to be good times for this guy. You know what else is going to be good times for? A Valverde. Oh, I used to have a, a puppy like this when I was a kid. <laughs> you like to play ball with him? Yeah. Sure, you like to throw a stick and have him bring it back? Yeah. <laughs> of course you do. Well, my goodness, Scraps is a boy dog, isn't he? Yeah. Jimmy, you like it when, when Scraps holds out of your leg and rubs up and down? <laughs> oh, Lordy. <laughs> tell, uh, on that note, tell us what you're drinking, Houdini. Oh, I'm going back to the, uh, to the well. I got my founder's uh, Centennial IPA. Uh, fantastic standard. Uh, hard to beat. Good times. I've got a, uh, a, a spiteful brewing company, uh, a delightful Indian pale ale. So this is a spitful IPA. Good times, Chicago uh, local company. Um, very sl- small brewing action happened. Good times all around. Doug Manica, what you got over there? I, I got some shit to do later, so I got the old-fashioned Big Gulp. Big Gulp? What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you got in there? Is that uh, Dr. Pepper or Coke? No, it's. I mean, it's vodka, but that, that's beside the point. It's a big, it's a book of big gulp glass, big gulp. So it's, it's it's vodka and coke. Yeah, well done. Absolutely, well done. And the mystery chair that's empty. Yeah, still drinking the monsters. Yeah, there's yeah. a monster drink being drank somewhere right now. Yeah, that, maybe maybe he, maybe I should bring him a, a rock star. You know, ever see those energy drinks? Maybe yeah. he should go to rock star. Well, what we should do is we should keep on betting him that he can or cannot take down double or triple IPAs. What we should do? I'll give no. I'll, I'll give him one of my <laughs> imperial stouts. Let's get him. Does. Let's even up the ante on it and like we'll put a little more money in. Oh shit, he listens to us. <laughs> 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 We'll edit that part out. Man. All right, let's go to the next guy on that list. So Abdullah Laguerre Blunt. I agree with the Abdullah. I think we're all pretty close to each other. The upside's enormous. Laguerre Blunt is suspended. Is one fumble away from some dumbass stuff from getting Bilicek's doghouse action going on, or you go with an Abdullah. Same goes for the, all those three guys. I agree. Abdullah, you got to move him up. Even ahead, he, he should be in that next tier. Which guys? I would say the exciting guys there are Crowell and Spiller. That's all we're going to say. Yeah, and I'll say we, I say we little position. Look, look, look quickly about Blunt, though, because we're, we're across the board. Me and Dog have him right now at the same spot. Uh, yeah. And, and you and, and Staggs are completely opposite. We have him at 24, and D-Rex, you got him at 41, and, and Staggs has him at 34. So... You know, I know where where you're coming from. Why are you so high on him? And I'll see if it matches. Well, I've seen, I've I've just seen what that Belichick offense does and what it does with running backs. And there's always, always a couple of guys that are right up there in the top 30, 25 running backs in fantasy points because they score. And it's the weirdest thing we say year after year. They score the most rushing touchdowns in the league. They do. It's a weird. Everybody thinks that they're a pass, pass, pass. Everybody loves Brady. Blah blah. Fuck off. It's a running team. This team is it. It does it well in the red zone. 
Um, they, they get their Shane Vereens. It doesn't matter who you put in there, but Blount is their guy right now. He's not the biggest fan of Gray, as is right now. I mean, he was he sat him for being a, a little schmuck. Granted, like you said, uh, LeGarrette Blount is one thing, you know, one mistake away from maybe being cut, one fumble away from being benched, whatever. But he has never fumbled while being on the Patriots, and they keep bringing him back for a reason. Belichick yeah. doesn't bring a guy back for a couple times for no reason. And my that's my short reason on it because the guys that are left there. You know, I like James White too, but I just don't see yeah. him being that red zone guy that's going to steal away from him. Agreed. Brandon Bolden is just not that. If Brandon he, Bolden's he, he a special teams guy. Yeah, right. He can't, he, can't, he can't make that next step, and Jordan Gray is, is, is the X factor there. But uh, there's not as much. It's not the Stephen Ridley and the Shane Vereens there anymore that I'm as worried about. So that's why I like But that. when you're putting a guy at 24, isn't to the fact that you had to talk about three other running backs, that doesn't scare you? The guys that I'm putting at 24, you don't, you're barely talking about maybe a second guy. You just talked about three potential guys eating into it. That's why I'm off his jock. I, I know you. he's a good player. Let me just compare that. Your 24 is Isaiah Crowell. Yeah. So, and again, I'm looking at it from this way. New England scores more rushing touchdowns than anybody else, and I'll take that power and numbers team there over Cleveland. I, I, I hear I get you. I get you there. I, the you upside, if a Crowell... Is doesn't have to give half his uh, carries to somebody else, and they can be better than than we think. Could be something. Let's move on to uh, wide receiver. And uh, good times. God, I love this position. This is a position that I'm actually good at. <laughs> Running back last year, I sucked balls. Let's skip the, the the first tiers or so on this one. Let's let's not. Uh, yeah. Okay. We, we talk about those guys all the time. It's, yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. We don't even need to throw out those names. You guys know who's in that first tier of guys. It's five guys. Julio Jones, Dez Bryant, Antonio Brown, uh, Demarius Thomas, and Calvin's in there. That's, that's We're not no going to tell you who's in Tier 2. Okay. It's six, through, uh, 6, 7, and 8. And then we'll go to Tier 3, and let's discuss these guys. And that's uh, Tier 3 is going to be uh, the wide receiver uh, number 9 through wide receiver 13. Uh, so, we start off, and uh, I'll just mention their names. Mike Evans is 9, Randall Cobb 10, T.Y. Hilton 11, Alshon Jeffrey, 12. Brandon Cooks, 13. What's interesting, too, you have most of these guys are younger receivers in this in this group here. Um, and I'll tell you that one guy that's on this list is in my career year beware piece. Uh, a guy that I wrote my career year beware piece after I had <laughs> submitted my tears. So one of the guys that, that is probably going to drop down as I'm currently higher than everybody else on him Easily, I'm putting Mike Evans ahead of him right now. That's Randall Cobb. Um, you look at the situation of what he did last year. He had he had 12 touchdowns, um, he, which was a big increase over what he had done uh, in his previous career best. I, I want to say it was by I think it was by five touchdowns or four or five maybe or maybe three. He only had nine, but he never had double-digit touchdowns before. 1,287 yards. He had the most targets he's ever seen. He had 91 receptions. This is a guy who was just, he had blown up. And then the fact that he says, well, look at what Devontae did. And uh, he's definitely going to get a lot more targets this year. So he was a guy like Emmanuel Sanders who's predicting himself to not have as good of a year. When a guy is coming out himself and saying that I'm not going to have as good of a year, that's a, that's a warning sign for me that I want to, you know, believe him. Yeah. Yeah, I, to be quite honest, I, I may have to move Cobb down a, a smidge, too. I don't want to move him down too much. Right. I am at 11. I, you know, I can't see him going much lower than 12, 12 or 13 for me. 
But it's just that that offense is just pure pass. I mean, it's I don't want to say pure pass. It's just pure love. A lot, a lot of fancy points coming out of Green Bay there. And it's just tough to ignore anybody there. But uh, I definitely have Mike Evans above him. Mike Evans is going to have a, a, a monster year. A monster year. Monster. They're moving um, Vincent Jackson more into like a, almost like a slot role a little a, a little bit. They're, you know, he, as he's gotten older, he's gotten a little bit slower. Um, so I, he's like a split out tight end. Yeah, Mike Evans is going to get. Yeah, Mike Olson's going to. I mean, uh, Mike Evans is going to get just so many uh, opportunities this year. It's going to be sick. It's and with a better, sick. finally, with a better, uh, a better QB, and I think the easiest schedule for yeah. wide receivers on the year. And here's the other thing too. If you, I've been, I've, I've been reading all the stuff on Jameis Winston because I'm just like I'm, I really want this guy to succeed. I, the, you know, selfishly because I drafted him in, in a rookie league, but. I look at it, and what they're saying is one of the biggest knocks on him that was coming out was the amount of interceptions that he threw last year. Yeah, yeah. What was it, 18 interceptions in his season? Yeah, he season. was the most in the league. Right. He had 25 touchdowns. He had 40 touchdowns a year before with, like, you know, was it, 40, was it 40 touchdowns? Something like that. That was yeah. something ridiculous. Yeah, so, it was. And the point that, that Jameis was making in, um, in this recent article that I was reading is that they're not trying to make him be uh, a more conservative player. And one of the things that he likes to do, and Mike Evans is a guy, Johnny Manziel was made by this guy, uh, is he likes to throw his receivers open. Well, you can do that with Mike Evans because that guy just gets open. Just throw him up the ball and let him go get it. And and I think that that's going to be kind of the thing that that's, you know, you you just know there's going to be that chemistry between those two guys where when it's when it comes down to crunch time, and it's one of those things how, how why Brandon Marshall had so much success with Jay Cutler because Cutler's under pressure. He just knows that Marshall's in a certain area. He just closes his eyes before he gets hit and throw it in that direction. That's what you can do with Mike Evans. Thank you. I mean, he would do that with uh, Jeffrey, too. Right. I mean, both those guys. Well, McCown are, did it more with Jeffrey. True. McCown did it more with Jeffrey. But, I mean, you get guys that are, at, at this point, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, that can go up and get it. That's what quarterbacks are doing at yeah. this point. You know, until... The corner back position catches up, which it's starting to. It's starting to become bigger. It's not. Never you don't see six five. No. Yeah, you don't no. see <laughs> five nine, five ten guys out there succeeding anymore. They're starting to get bigger. You're starting to see some some drafted corners at six one, six two, and they're going to have to get bigger to to keep up with these wide receivers at this point. But I think Mike Evans is a no brainer being right up there in that. Uh, well, tier. here's the thing I'll quickly say about Winston. Go ahead. He's a lock in guy. You know where he's going to be throwing the ball. Yeah, he's going to be just looking back, and he's going to be throwing it that way. But yeah. have you have you also been hearing like he's like he went to a concert and he brought his playbook with him? Like this guy, no yes, awesome. this guy is like he's doing everything he can. You know, for all the knocks and everything that were on him, he's really putting his focus on really trying to learn the offense, and it's so. You know, when we saw Johnny Manziel last year in the offseason doing all the partying that he was yeah. doing. This guy who has all the off-field problems is doing everything right since he's been drafted. So that's, those are things that I look at and I say, man, I, I really like how that's shaping up. And I think that that only benefits Mike Evans more. Mike Evans did it with no quarterbacks last year. Now you've got a guy who's got talent. And if he spends the time, really focuses on learning the offense, becoming a really a good NFL player, then it just makes Mike Evans that much better. Well, uh, let's talk about another guy let's here do it. real quick. I, and it's it's a guy that, I mean, we, we, we know a lot about, obviously. I, I want to talk about Elshon for a second because I don't quite have him where you guys have him. Actually, you don't either, uh, D-Rex. You, you got him lower than I do. 
Uh, you got Alshon at 17. I got him at 14. Uh, Houdini is at, at 12, and Stag Stag Party has him at nine. Um, I, I, I suppose I can understand because he's you know with Marshall gone, he's going to be the de facto number one, and they're they're treating him like the number one there. But I can't get over two different factors here. One, not the Trestman offense anymore. You're not going to get the volume that you once got. It's plain and simple. Second, there is actually strangely more competition for balls right now. Even though he had Marshall there, there was so much volume in that Trestman offense. There was no, also nothing else. There was no slot receiver. Uh, Marcus Wilson got, got hurt, hurt right, away. right away. So there was nobody. It was him and Marshall. That was it. I mean, granted, Bennett, but like I said, the, the volume was so huge that all three of those guys were catching 90 balls, I think, last year. Or Marshall would have, but he got injured two towards the end of the year. All had 100 targets. Mark, yeah, Marcus Wilson is back. Eddie Royal, from what I hear, is looking outstanding. And he's got a rapport with uh, Cutler. And he's got a rapport with Cutler. Um, this he had a 100 yard season. Well, they, this is also his, season with his type of offense, too. It's yeah. the Gase offense. Um, so this is this is perfect for Royal. Don't get me wrong; I'd still like Jeffrey to put up really nice wide receiver two numbers, but I'm not. He's sliding down my charts a little bit, and you have Kevin White to compete with too. Kevin White is a stud. He's faster. He catches the ball over his shoulder really, really well. He's just as tall as a Jeffrey. He's going to come out real quick if Jeff. I mean, I think he's a lot hungrier. And he's, and I think he's hungry. But I mean, no one's hungrier than Alshon. Have you ever seen that guy at a dinner table? No, but he does. He does <laughs> want to get a contract, so I hope he is working out. Because like Alshon like needs that, that one. Yeah, Alshon here's, needs that. Here's, here's why I can contract. tell you what I like about Alshon. And if he though. sucks it up this year, he ain't getting it. I think Kevin White helps Alshon. I think it pushes him more than say Brandon Marshall did, and I think that that's going to help him to elevate his game. I also like the fact that where was Alshon Jeffrey was with Josh McCown. Um, so much more successful is when they were having, and this is where the running attack is going to be the more focused back to the running game, is going to help Alshon. It's in play action. And then it's those, those throw up passes just because he's a go up and get it type of a guy. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, because he doesn't have the breakaway speed that a Kevin White does, I think that that's where that, that effective running game helps him more than it, than it did uh, in the Mark Trustman offense. Okay. I got you there. Um, Let's next talk, guy. Yeah, let's talk about the uh, the next guy. I think there's two guys right now. I'm looking at T.Y. Hilton, and I, I think I got him a little too low. I think there's a lot of new weapons there, but I just think the explosion factor that T.Y. can bring. Um, I, I think he'll be he'll be moving up a little bit for me. I got him at 14. You uh, Stag's got him at 11. Deeney's got him at 11. You got him at 12. Maybe it's fine, but when I look at Cobb at 12 and, and Hilton at 14 for me. I would switch that. I like a Hilton uh, more than I like a Cobb. Yeah, that, that's one of those ones for me, like where I have Cobb at nine. I think Cobb goes down behind Evans and behind T.Y. Yeah. Just because, I mean, I love T.Y. I, I think the fact where he'll shine is having a bona fide running game there with Frank Gore. Having a guy that he can actually count on uh, like he was able to in his first season with Reggie Wayne and Andre Johnson on the other side. He just benefits yeah. so much. How many guys can get a, uh, a nine or ten catch game? For 215 yards and two touchdowns. Both those touchdowns 
long ones that were fully just him. How it's, many guys can do that? Him. And it's always against Houston, and he gets to play them two more times yeah. again this year. Yeah, of course. He, when he gets that ball out in the open, and you know luck, just you can deliver it to T.Y. It's a thing of beauty. These guys have an amazing, amazing pass-catching ability in, 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 in games. He's elusive. T.Y. Helton is untouchable. He's in that mold of your boy, Deshaun Jackson. Once he gets the ball and he's just got that speed, it's it's you can't even get him if you're playing flag football. He's also all about the work. He, he, he has no yeah. complaints off the field. Uh, one of the last things we're saying, they're talking about how his contract's coming up and all that sort of stuff. He's like, I don't give a shit. If they want to pay me, they'll pay me. If they don't want to pay me, they won't pay me. I let my agent deal with that. I'm here to play football. That you you love hearing that sort of stuff. That's why that guy is going to continue the success that he's had over these past couple uh, seasons so far. Let's put it this way. Gentlemen, I don't find it easy to talk at a time like this, but I gotta say something about that guy up there. And I can sum it all up in just one word. Courage, dedication, daring, pride, block, spirit, grit, metal. And G U. T.S. Guts. Well, I think Stryker's got more guts than a little finger than most of us have in our, our large intestine, including the colon. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, the guy that I... Let's move on from T.Y. I love him, too, man. I think he he's just... He, his explosion factor, he'll throw up some duds probably this year more than in years past. I think there will be some Andre Johnson games. I think there will Agreed. be some run-heavy games. I think the tight ends, they're both healthy. It's going to be a different deal, but just that explosion factor, if you can get him. Well, here's a, how about, let's take it to, to your guy here next, who basically could be the next T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Brandon Cooks. Oh, no, I, I think they're totally t- two different players. Okay. I think Cooks is a 100-catch guy. I think he'll be right around the 100 the catches. I, I don't th- I don't see him at all. I think he's a he's a... He's a volume, volume guy. He's going to be probably doing... I think they're going to keep him shorter than longer and see if he can extend it. But I think Cooks is a, is awesome, and he's got more to his route tree, but still, he's just... He's doing a lot of he's doing a lot of flag and, and post patterns. I, I don't see that really so much with, with Cooks. I like the explosion factor with him, um, but I think, I think Cooks is much more electric than... I mean, uh, Hilton's more of an electric Deshaun Jackson type. And I think Cooks is, uh, ah, what is Cooks like? Cooks is more like a, uh, I don't even know. Well, you guys are real, both, you guys are both really high on him, too. I'm, I'm, well, I love the fucking guy. You know that. But yeah. I'm just trying to, I think he's, he's, he's like a mini Larry Fitzgerald to me. Because, uh, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, His body's nothing like it, but I feel like he's more of a Larry Fitzgerald more of he'll be more of a steady guy along the way. He can break him. We thought that would happen last year a lot more, but I don't know. I love him. Who? I, why classify a guy who doesn't have so much? Let's let's find out this year. But I think he's going to get all the all, all the targets in the world. And make a lot more. Uh, make a lot of them. Last year at this time, no, everybody was talking about. It. You couldn't stop talking about how good this guy was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Brees was. Uh, I think. I think he tried to adopt him. I don't know. It was something like that. <laughs> I mean, it was insane that, that what this guy was doing. And Breeze was loving him. Everybody was sniffing his jacket. I mean, he was the real deal, and I'm still on that wagon. The thing is that people, I, I do think that you should have short memories when it comes to fantasy football. But when it comes to somebody getting injured in the middle of the year, don't forget about him either. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's that's a guy. This is a guy who well, was you're really starting to come show, out. Sorry, you're going to the show. You mentioned uh, the piece. 
that you did, you ended up writing last offseason. Don't forget about me. Remember with the uh, don't yes, you forget right. about me. <laughs> so it's good. It's good to see that's that's popping in. Yeah, no, absolutely. But the, the, the factors that make a huge difference for me this year. One, uh, Saints have the fifth easiest schedule for for uh, wide receivers this year. That's big. Um, two, they improved their defense a little bit. I think that that's going to be nice for them. Three, gone Jimmy Graham, gone Kenny Stills, gone. Uh, well, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter with the the, the, the running game stuff because they got C.J. Spiller to, to uh, fill in that role. But he's going to be demanding targets. Colston is 32 years old now. He can barely stay. I mean, that guy can barely stay upright. Um, They're basically they, not even. He, I read an article today. He's not even practicing just so he can. Just because they're going to. They say that he's he's barely going to practice just to keep him fresh, to keep him you know through the season. You know, and that's that's not good news. <laughs> Well, but remember who they traded Jimmy Graham for? Offensive line help. Yes. So they're get they're beefing up more a better passing and running attack. So they're while situations are leaving like Jimmy, that'll help uh, you know a Cooks. It's also helping the the whole offense with more time. Well, this is where I'm not as high uh, on him, and I like Cooks a lot, and I want him to be great. Um, but I'm, I'm, I look at what the change in the offensive scheme is going to be, and they are going to go to a more running-style offense. That's why they've beefed up their offensive line. That's why they brought in C.J. Spiller, who they're going to use and implement in many different ways. Also why I'm very high on Mark Ingram this year. And the, and the problem is when you lose a Jimmy Graham and you lose a Kenny Stills, um, Brandon Cooks is going to be the focal point for all the defenses. So they... You know, not only is he going to have to deal with the best cornerback on the t- on the teams that he's facing, he's especially if he starts to show success early on, he's going to find out what bracket coverage is all about, yeah. and 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 it's going to be difficult. I mean, I just think it's going to be difficult for him to adjust to that. I, I I don't see him, you know, being the smaller guy that he is. He's not that prototypical number one who can overcome those things as easy. So I worry that. You know, and, and then what happens is, is that he gets a lot of catches, but it is, it's like you're saying. It could be a lot of these underneath routes and things like that. And I it think could that be did, Jarvis Landry. Right, and it takes away that explosion-type factor, and it just makes him a good receiver, but not a top-end-tier type receiver. He averaged only 10.4 yards. Right. I, can be- I, I, agree, I agree with what you're saying. For sure. And I wish he was more like T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. I do. He's got that skill set. But also averaged 10.4 yards per carry. Yeah, right. Because that was early on. They were finding, and he had how many? Was it two rushing touchdowns that he had? No, no it was one rush. Just a one. Seven for seventy-three yards. Yeah, it was a nice forty-yard touchdown or something. I agree with everything you're saying. And I actually read an article that said Cooks, when defend, defended and bracket and played up on and bumped, has a terrible ability to make plays and make catches. You're right, and I think that's why I'm hoping that a spiller is. Awesome, and is a guy that's split out all the time. Mm-hmm. Is a guy that's getting a lot of these carries and a lot of this nifty stuff. I need Ingram to be running the ball well. You need that. Hopefully, Hill can be a serviceable replacement to uh, Jimmy Graham. He sure looked like he was better the last four games last year. Uh, all these things, there's no question about it. And we need, we, we, there's got to be another guy, a wide receiver that can do it. And you're right. Well, that, it, 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 I could be eating crow. On that point that you made more than anything about one of my favorite players, he might not have the body, but I have listened to you and I moved to Evans above him. Yeah, but, <laughs> that's the scary. But the scary thing for me is again that Josh Hill doesn't scare anybody. 
Um, Marcus Colson doesn't scare anybody. Uh, CJ Spiller is not going to scare anybody until he starts proving it on a, on a couple of weeks in a row type of a basis. Well, it's not proven. Nick, Nick Toon's going to start to scare people. Right, but, 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 but that's, but that's, By that's the whole four, If Hill's got three touchdowns, yeah, that, no that, one's going to scare, but you got to kind of pay attention. But that's also why it may be that Cooks may be a guy that doesn't have as quick of a start. He's going to need some other guys around him to help open up some more, more holes in the offense. And then you also have to deal with. What what the Saints were worried about when they grabbed was it Garrett Grayson that they grabbed uh, a quarterback yeah. because they're concerned about what's nah. the life left on, on Drew Brees. Peyton and oh. Brees are still homies, and let's be honest, if you're in a situation talking about Cooks or any of these guys, Spiller, Hill, uh, Toon, whoever, is there even even as he gets older and he's got a new alarm, is there's not many players that you're gonna want to think that success can happen around than Peyton and Brees. Let's be it. Breeze, what, four or 5,000 yard seasons? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's yeah. something insane. Three or four? A couple in a row. <laughs> so, yeah. Three in a row. Yeah. Yeah, last thing here on uh, Cooks. Guy can throw. What, never what, been able to. What Cooks was just out. recently saying, um, it really, first, uh, four or 5,000 yard seasons, um, three of them were in a row. Last year, surprisingly, it's 4,952. That was a bad season for him. <laughs> He almost had five. Yeah, I averaged 310 yards a game. That was a terrible Crazy. season. I had the guy yard really game. knows how to throw the ball. Uh, unreal. Anyway, what Cooks was just recently saying makes a big difference. That you, you you can't understate something like this. He said last year, um, one of the reasons why I, I, I may not have looked so good out there, I didn't do so hot to, to start off, I didn't know the playbook. That's why I was looking so slow. I wasn't confident in my routes. I was looking slow out there. Everybody was like, dude, you're like the fastest guy in the fucking league. What are you talking about? I mean, he, and he was right around like a jitterbug out there. Imagine now. He's like, yeah, now I get it. Now I'm not, I don't even think anymore out there. I can run any route, no, no problem. Imagine how much faster he's going to play now. He's an elite. A guy like he's, he's an elite. An elite. He's, an elite. he's in a league in his own when it comes to speed like that, going in and out of routes. Oh, he's, he's impossible to tackle almost. So, I mean, I'm interested to see him in game action now that he knows the playbook fully. But you're right. If they have their best cornerback and he's a big body and they're up on him on the line and they're bracketing with another guy, there could be some long days. Um, All right, let's go on to – let's bump it down. uh, Let's bump it down a couple more tiers, actually. Or do you guys want to do the next tier and then – you you tell me what you want to do. Should we do tier four or should we do tier five? Let's do five or six. You pick. There's some good stuff. There's some good stuff in both of those. Let's, yeah. let's, let's kind of cruise through both those, and then let's move on to tight ends. Um, but tier five is eight wide receiver 18 through 25. And um, basically, we're not going to tell you who's ahead of them, but Andre Johnson is in the mix. Martavis Bryant, Deshaun Jackson, Amari Cooper, Sammy Watkins, Golden Tate, Kevin White, Brandon Marshall. Wow, Kevin White made it in there. I thought I was the only guy that loved him that much. Um Awesome. I mean, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of points that are going to happen. And regardless, those are a lot of players that I love. What yeah. are your, uh, what, 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 let's, let's talk. Go in. I know that you're pretty high on Andre Johnson. You, you are almost every year. Yeah, um, well, for a good reason. He's great. He's one, yeah, he's he's one of your favorite he's, guys. Listen, he's one, he's, to be honest, if he wasn't on the Houston Texans for his career, he would probably go down as one of the top five receivers of all time. He really would. That, what, what he was doing... With no quarterback for the first ten years of his career, I mean, granted, he just yeah. he couldn't get the ball in the end zone, but the plays that he was making, the catches, that I mean, it's it's insane what he's done. So everything I've heard this offseason, everything that I've heard is that 
he looks like he's 25 years old again out there with Andrew Luck. Now you have Andrew Luck throwing him the ball, and you have other guys around that the defense can't key in on him because he was the only guy on the team for the Texans for a while, and they used to double and triple cover him, and he'd still get 100 catches a season. Now he, he looks rejuvenated. He looks like a kid again out there. He's got one of the best, if not the best, but one of the best quarterbacks in the league throwing him the ball. Granted, there's a lot of mouths to feed, but he's an awfully big mouth, and he's going to get that ball quite a bit. Um, I love his prospects for the season. He's got, I mean, the schedule he's got going into it. There's just nothing bad you can say about him at this point. I just, I, I'd be hard pressed to take. I mean, I don't know. I mean, granted, I understand where you guys are going with this, but well, there's a couple I'm, of guys, I'm, I'm guys that have above him that just are yeah. like, what? I'm, I'm the, I'm the guy that's him? further down on him. I see him that. Right. Tell and, me and, why. and it's, it's for me, it's. Uh, first of all, I have him at 16. Um, Houdini has him at 27. Uh, D-Rex has him at 15. And uh, Stag Party has him at 20. So, so you see, we, we obviously we, we don't think the same on, on all of yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. which is great. It's a great um, thing. Because it, it, that's what helps us to... Because we talk these things through. And so, yeah. you know, and maybe I have him too low. And maybe that, that, that that's the case. And it's one of those things that I, I like the talent that he has. I love the offense that he's in. Um, I just... I worry about, and I know he's rejuvenated now because it's a him and both him and Frank Gore. And I'm not as high on Frank Gore either as I think the, uh, uh, the rest of everybody else is. Um, so, but the thing is for me is that these guys are coming here, and, and it's not about putting up stats for them. It's about winning a championship for those guys, and so that's really what it is for Andre. It's to put him in himself in a place where he doesn't have to be the number one guy. He, he can even say that he'll, he'll defer to T.Y. Hilton, and T.Y. will probably say, no, no, it's Andre or whatever. It, that's the kind of camaraderie and thing that they have going on there in Indianapolis, which I think is only good for everybody. Uh, I just look at it of you got whoever's going to happen with the Philip Dorsett and Dante Moncrief situation. Andrew Luck was able to do it without, without, with all these different other people. And I, I think that a good other benefit for Andre Johnson, and this is probably why I'm, I'm too low on him, is he's staying in the same division. So it's not like he's, you know, switching into another league. It's not like he's going into a whole different division against opponents that he's not familiar with. He's familiar with them all. And one of them happens to be his own team who he'll get to play against twice. Yeah, so we consistently always beat in practice. But he made, <laughs> you know, he made corners on his team better uh, just for, by trying to cover him. But this isn't, if you don't mind me just jumping real quick on something you said, um, you're right. It, maybe it is about championships. Uh, a championship finally get you know getting that uh, over that hurdle for these for these two guys, uh, Gore and Johnson. But you also have to look at it the other way too. Indianapolis brought these guys in to use them for championships. It isn't like the Blackhawks where they already had their huge core. It's not like this isn't Andre Johnson isn't uh, Kimo uh, Timonen. Right. You know he isn't uh, <laughs> he isn't Desjardins. You know these aren't just like filler guys to fill out the uh, you know it, so they could uh, get under the cap for next year. These he's are guys that are going to use. They're married Hosa when they brought him. Yes, up. this is the guy they're going to use to win the championship, not just a side guy. This is a guy they're actually going to use in the correct way so that they can get over that hump. So that's uh, that's where I believe that. Yeah, it may be about championships for Andre and Frank Gore, but believe me, they're going to be used quite a bit to get that championship. But, but at the same time, I don't think that they want to overuse them because if they know that they're in a weak division, that they can easily win their division, which they can, okay. and they will. they will. So you don't need to you know, put too much pressure on these guys and overextend them during the regular season. When you really want them is in the playoffs. So that's where I look at it too, and I'm like, 
okay, well, you know, you can lean more on your younger guys than you're going to have Philip Dorsett, Donnie Moncrief, T.Y. Hilton. You have a Dwayne Allen and a Kobe Fleener, and there's a lot of mouths to feed there, too. So oh, you got to check said, Doyle, too. We've said before, <laughs> the person that is the most, that benefits the most from this whole motley crew of talent luck. is luck. And there that's why is. we love them so much. Yeah. So these guys could cancel each other out any given quarter, any given game. Any, there's no doubt about it. The one thing I will say is that Andre Johnson and Frank Gore are both bubble Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. They're bubble Hall of Famers. Yeah. I think Gore's a I, Hall of Famer. I, I hope so. I think they both probably will be. I could argue guys, for Andre, too. Of course. Yeah. And I could. I'm saying the, the argument's there. They're yeah. bubble. These guys want to close out with championships, no question about it. But their stats, Gore could be if he gets a nice few years with Indy and gets a, a thousand yards again, which seems to happen what eight of the last nine years, and always he's a, he's consistent as hell. He wants to have the stats. It's not about him; it's about winning. But like you said, he wants to be a part of winning there, and that's not done by him having six hundred yards and seven touchdowns. And I feel the same way about Andre Johnson, where these guys are ego, not driven, but they just want to be in the Hall of Fame, and they're very they're on the verge. So this is like the last kind of this is the last not last hurrah because I think both these guys have much more in the tank, um, Frank the Tank. Uh, but it's exciting. I don't think I think Pagano is going to ha- have um, offensive meetings with these guys, and they're gonna be like. Give me the ball. I'm open. I'm open. I'm, I'm, I'm 200 yards away from friggin' getting to 1,000 yards. Can we really make... I feel like there's going to be some of that uh, that help to get to I mean, the thing is, is that if Andre and Frank only put up six, seven, hundred yards apiece, that almost goes against them going to the Hall of Fame. I agree. You know, those guys who tail off at the end of their careers, so people are like... Is he really a Hall of Famer? He couldn't keep it they're consistent. They're both going to have you know, great seasons. They, I think they're they're not no going to be 600-yard guys. I mean, I'm not yeah, saying right. And I think Andre... I was, I was, I was, my, my whole thing with Andre Johnson is, is I think he, he could be a guy that might end up with 1,100 receiving yards, but I still only see maybe three to four touchdowns out of him because you have so many other guys that are more dynamic red zone threats for... Three to four touchdowns, really? I don't know, maybe five? Maybe five? I, I, just don't, I just don't see him... Making that big jump. It's never been something that he's that he's done. And and at the same time, when you have the guys who are box out threats in Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen, those are guys that just are red zone targets. And it's where Andrew Luck has been feeling comfortable throwing ever since he's been a pro. Yeah, because Allen, he had but because he has Fleener in the red zone. But because he yeah, hasn't had sure. an Andre Johnson. Is my it's true. He hasn't had a tall receiver. He had Reggie Wayne. I mean, who was what five eleven? And had had an amazing season. Really? Yeah, I think so. And yeah. had an amazing season. I mean, two years ago, Reggie Wayne was right. That was the Renaissance awesome. year. That was what it we was called. Awesome. Yeah, right. Why? Why would we not think? I think that Andre Johnson's a better wide receiver than than uh, than Wayne is. I do. I think he's even six younger. Foot. Than, six feet. Yeah, six uh, foot. Yeah, Reggie Wayne's not tall. Um, all right, let's, let's cover a couple more guys here. Let's cover. Okay, Martavis Bryant. Let you, let you guys do your uh, your olive game here. All right, uh, everything I've it's it, Ben Roethlisberger can't stop talking about him. The offense. Everybody there is the, the beat writers. Everybody, that's all they're talking about is Mark Davis Bryant. That he is out of control at this point, just so out of control. Good. He, I mean, his whole off season was built on. Um, uh, he went to go see who, who was it a martial arts guy, mm-hmm. and he got so strong in his core. Yeah, Steven Seagal. It's, I mean, that's a guy. Dude. I it. His core is huge right yeah. now. <laughs> he came back and he was two hundred and ninety pounds, oh, and he's got he, a. But he's got a great Vulcan. 
Death grip. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got a ponytail too now. So I, I mean <laughs> No, but everything that I everything I'm hearing about Martavis is that he's his route running is insanely good now. Like that was one of the bigger knocks on him is that he couldn't run the routes very well, but now his route running is really, really good. That's I mean, you got you got Antonio Brown on the other side drawing away coverage as well, or try, you know, people trying to cover him. But uh, I mean, Martavis is oh, he, his his uh, his height and weight and speed and all that shit was already off the charts. So you throw amazing. this stuff in there, and he's saying good. I'm, I'm amazed, you know, and all these, now that all these writers are saying that, right? These guys should should have. I would like them all to admit that they're eating crow Absolutely. because they said last year this guy is nothing more. Then uh, a one you know, one type of trick pony. Take He's never going to be a, a dominant type of wide receiver. BS. I, I mean, we were saying yeah, that all underwear along. Olympic, um, underwear Olympics, sorry. right? Yeah. And, and 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 what they were saying is that he just doesn't have the, the ability to run the route trees. He doesn't have any of this stuff. When a guy's got that much damn skill, if he applies himself, it's it's just insane. It's it, going to show. And, it, and it's not his fault that he was you know playing college with Sammy Watkins. You know that, that's that's just something that happens. So. We were on this all the way, all the way along. While these, all these writers and stuff are saying that about him now, eat crow, writers. Why don't you admit that you never admitted that you never thought that he was going to be that when you were when you first saw him last year? So yeah, should yes. be definitely fun. The first three games of the season. Oh man, they're going to the be Aaron Roethlisberger, uh, Bryant, and Brown show. Holy cow, that is definitely. If you, guys, if you guys think D'Angelo Williams is as terrible as he is, and I think I do. As well. Oh, he's gonna get exposed. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of passing those first three. Games. And here's the other benefit that he's gonna have, and this is and, and Antonio Brown's another guy that he's on career year beware. Um, he is still an absolute stud. Don't get me wrong, but Martavis is going to eat into that. And then they did add, you know, Marcus Wheaton. I'm not. I don't really have that much excitement for. And this is also why it's better for Martavis Bryant. Marcus Wheaton doesn't excite me. They drafted Sammy Coates as well, who has. He can look great, but he's going to be the guy that looks great dropping the ball in the open field. But he's going to be yeah. the guy. He's going to be the guy that they're just going to use. Like they're, it's Will, he's Willie Golf, dude. I know, but Coates is Willie Golf. Take a fly pattern. But when he drops them, I don't think they're going to throw. That's I'm saying, when he's going to stop getting them, them throws. No, I agree. I'm just saying he's not going to get many throws. It's going to be just like take 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 someone deep. Brian can do that too. So, oh, but I, you know, if you can, Brian can have, do it as good no, as anybody. Yeah, can but if you have someone doing it, that opens the stuff up for sure. Brian and Brown. Yeah, for sure. There were 17 players, 17 wide receivers last year that averaged double-digit fantasy points a game. Martavis Bryant was one of them. You just, I don't know how much more you could say there. I mean, you know every single other name on here. They're big names. You know, if Odell Beckham to Antonio Brown was one of them. Deshaun Jackson, even Golden Tate was was right there at the bottom. A lot of that done without um, uh, Calvin in the mix. But Martavis had more points per game than Deshaun Jackson and Golden Tate. And here's the other great part for him. Once Le'Veon does come back, that adds the threat that defenses have to commit a lot of times a safety into the box. Oh, absolutely. And and, and then that is going to just open up even more space for him. And on top of that, Ben Roethlisberger is a guy who I can thought. stand in the pocket even while he's under pressure and will always be there to make the throw. Those four guys are going to make good times for each other. Remember, draft day. No strength said, of schedule sucks for Draft him. day, they said. Yeah, the schedule Steelers, sucks for every position for Yeah, it was bad. <coughs> I don't think it's going to matter. No, draft, I don't think so. I agree. We, we think they're uh, a, a <coughs> they are, bullet, they're, group, they're bullet my number one power and number team, man. I will say this, though. You know, on draft day, they said that the Ravens jumped up ahead of the Steelers to grab Max uh, Williams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were trying to get Max Williams at tight end in this draft. 
Actually, uh, Pittsburgh said that they, uh, Max Williams that, wasn't on their radar right then. Then they did go actually and get a, a tight end later. Um, so I don't know what to believe there and whatever. Interdivision gamesmanship. You yeah. Never know. Whatever. I'm, I'm, I still I'm think Heath Miller's I'm going to read Frank Caliendo doing a merger of, uh, of Mel Kuyper and... Uh, well, I just want to... Let's just kind of go through a few, a few more guys here in this tier. We've, we've talked already... At length in, in, in podcast uh, ago about Sammy Watkins, and we know where we differ on Sammy Watkins, so I don't think we need to get into him again today. Um, we, we mentioned a little bit about what we think Kevin White's going to do. Um, Brandon Marshall, to me, is a guy that I'm just I'm really not high on, and, and I worry about being in that New York spotlight and everything else, and this is a team that, you know, they could be like the Chicago White Sox. Uh, of of uh, of the NFL this year, he's a team Kendrick, that, does, that adds in a whole bunch of, of weapons and gives you a great looking team on paper before the season starts, and then the season starts and they're going to play like the White Sox do this year. They're going to suck, and then all of a sudden it's just implosion after implosion. This is not a locker room guy. It's just it's going to be bad news. And in that New York spotlight, that's why I don't like Brandon Marshall. Well, it, the the fact of the matter is is that it's just going to be a pure running offense. Uh, Brandon's going to get his his targets. Don't, don't get me wrong there. As a matter of fact, um, these these quarterbacks that are over there um, are going to have to throw. They're, they're just they're not very good, so they're just going to be throwing the ball up. Uh, but it's Who do you think is the quarterback? Is it Geno or Kirkpatrick? They're going to they're going to give Geno every chance yeah. that they, uh, that they can to get him to succeed. They're going to find out once and for all is this our guy? Um, I think he he gets at least the first half of the season for sure. I I, I think it's. Fitzpatrick may be a better quarterback right now, but that's not what yeah. the Jets are looking for. Yeah, they, no, I agree. They know that Fitz isn't going to take them anywhere. They know that he's not the quarterback of the future, so they're going to go with Gino. Could this team, they got Revis back. They've yeah. made, they got the best. They got Cromartie de- back, too. And they got Cromartie. They got the best defensive uh, lineman in, in, in many drafts. No, uh, uh, the, the, what's his name? Oh, oh in the draft. Oh, okay, they, sorry. They got the best defensive coordinator coming from, uh, Bulls coming from Arizona, who's a stud, a player's guy, but tough. Isn't there a chance, and I, I'm kind of feeling this way, I think this team's going to be a lot better than people are giving them credit for. I think, it, I, I, I'm not saying it's a power in numbers, I'm not saying, I think this team is going to be better than people think. I think they'll be a good defense. They don't have any proven good leaders on that offense. That spells disaster to me. That spells that you're gonna, you'll never get over it. I'll never forget the night we bombed Macho Grande. Striker was a squadron leader. He brought us in real low, but he couldn't handle it. Buddy couldn't handle it. Was Buddy one of your crew? Right. Buddy was the bombardier, but it was Striker who couldn't handle it. And he went to pieces. Andy went to pieces? No. Andy was the navigator. He was all right. Buddy went to pieces. It was awful how he came unglued. How he came unglued? Oh, no. How he was a rock. The best tail gunner in the outfit. Buddy came unglued. Andy bailed out. No, Andy hung tough. Buddy bailed out. How we survived was a miracle. Then how we survived? No, afraid not. We lost Howie the next day. Over Macho Grande? No, I don't think I'll ever get over Macho Grande. <laughs> I don't think they'll get over Macho Grande there either. Leonard Williams. That's the guy. Leonard Williams. Okay, that was right. Yeah, number six pick in the draft. Yeah, we'll uh, see. We'll see. I just think they're going to be a little bit... I, like the, I think two teams that will, 
would surprise me. There would surprise many people this year. I think the 49ers and the Jets are going to be better than people are giving. I think the Jets are going to be better than people think. I I, I definitely agree with you there. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think the 49ers will be. I think they're actually that's going to be, be, be worse. That's not what this is <laughs> about. Let's say the Jets. I will say that the Jets are going to be better than you think. Not fantasy offensive stats, though. Because their defense is going to carry them. Todd Bowles is bringing that in. He's going to make them that stout defense that they were when they were able to get to the uh, to the championship game with Mark Sanchez. Yeah. Okay, and I understand that, but it's just from a fantasy standpoint, this is not a power in numbers team. Kevin White. Uh, I've got Kevin White. That guy's got to be the highest, right? Um, yeah, you got him. I got him at 11. For sure. I mean, am I probably going to get pie on my face on this one? Yeah. But I just love this guy. I'm willing to do it. I just love him, dude. He's so ridiculous. I like everything about him. Um, Houdini, you got him at 20, 29. Dog, 25. And uh, Houdini, 26. So, obviously... Stag party, 26. Yeah. Oh, I said dog again. Um, Houdini. No, you said Houdini again. <laughs> you you didn't hit? escape me. No, Buddy didn't oh. make it. <laughs> buddy went to pieces. Yeah, Buddy went to pieces. <laughs> Back to the 49ers. <laughs> oh my god. Good times. Le- Levi's wishing they didn't sponsor that team at this point. Like, oh. uh, can we pull out on the sponsorship? <laughs> uh, all right, let's go. But uh, I like a, uh, a white, you know, that Golden Tate. That was a guy you were high on a year ago. Um, is he in the career year beware? Yes, he is. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Well, he blew up in this career year. And the, and the thing is for him is where I, I, I like him this year, but at the same time, um, I think I, you know, I'm, I'm going to temper my expectations on him now. I think so. Where, where do I have? Uh, you have the highest you know, easily. I, at like 14, I 14. think. Right? I, I think he's he'll, he'll drop down for me, but it's it's one of those things that he's not going to drop that much further. It's just that where he he's like a Randall Cobb for me in a sense. Well, not not as good as a Randall Cobb, obviously, but where I don't think that he's going to have any chance to to improve on where he was last year. So where he's going to get drafted in most aspects. He's he's he's, uh, he's not going to be able to outperform that ADP, but I don't think that his floor is that low because you know again having Calvin Johnson there, he did have sparkling three games uh, while Calvin was out. He had like 328 receiving yards and two touchdowns and like 28 receptions, I think it was. Could happen span. again this year. Uh, we hope not, but Megatron could easily miss a couple games. It was it was three straight 300 yard, uh, three straight 100 yard games. Two of them were 150. No, but, but, the, but the first game that Johnson actually missed was the 44 yard game. With, oh yeah, uh, the seven, the seven so, catches for 44. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, but the thing is with with Tate is that I I still I, I like him. I just uh, I think that. You know, you're. Gonna, I think you should be a little more confident. With your no, tape. you're going to be. You're, gonna, you're not confident in your Tate love. I mean, that's serious. No, because you want to know what it is. Because again, when you start looking at that, at how much you overperform, right. how much you. Or no, and I was last year, but at the same time, that's where I don't want to fall into my trap of overprojecting what he's going to do this year. I think that. But he's coming at a value still. He's he, he hasn't jumped up that much. No, he's higher. His average ADP. I, I don't. I, I can. Here's one thing my, I'll say that I read that really makes me like him more than anything else. I guess over the last three years, there's not a guy that's gained more yards after the hit in the NFL. He did. Yeah, th- that he is gets impressive. Hit For a and his receiver. moves. He is a guy that keep his yak is unbelievable. 
His run after the hit, he's unbelievable. His, the elusiveness and the way he makes people make, miss tackles is unbelievable. And it's not like you have to put him in space for him to be successful. He's a guy that has a good. Uh, he can go to the body. He can go go after the ball. I love. I, I honestly am, am, am more impressed with this guy more and more as as I see him because. He's just really elusive, strong, talented, catches the ball, has a high... He's just a good player. And when you've got Calvin Johnson on the other side or missing a few games, you've got someone else that distracts people. Here's the problem. His ADP, Helps him. His ADP is 52 overall right now. Oh, that's, my goodness. Yes, okay. that's okay. the problem, okay? No, so, that's a major problem. And, 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 that, and that the other problem work. is that he's got Calvin Johnson there. Doesn't so, work. It, you know, it doesn't work. I'll, right. I'll throw out the problem. When Calvin came back last year that, and he got back in the game, in the last seven games... He had four games with 50 or less yards and only one touchdown in the last seven games. Right. And no 100-yard games. Right. That's just, I mean, that's what you're... I it's Megatron. Say, yeah, Megatron just... And he, I think he, this he is the kind of guy that might be, I'm not positive, might be a first half of the season player. I kind of think there's been years... Part of it also, you got to remember... He kind of blows up early and, and, and starts reading his own press. And think about it, too. He off. came over from Seattle to the you're Lions... Right. He, he went into Looking, a new yeah. offense. He was able to, going up against teams that had not faced against him before. So, you know, you know, different divisions. So that, that benefited him. And so he was able to take advantage of that. And again, once teams start seeing what you're doing, what your tendencies are, and now they're actually focusing on you instead of only playing you once every four years, yeah. then things change. True. Yeah. No, that, that, that's it uh, on, on Tate. Uh, it's... So he'll be going. He'll be dropping down by tiers, but I'll tell you what. That's hot. That's He'll, hot. he'll probably go from for me for like to fourteen down to, to eighteen because I just can't drop him that much more because he's still going to put up good numbers. It's just not going to be. And, and sky, it's important what you said. Overall, in, in the fifties, and I'm not. You know, I don't know who I'm slotting him up against there, but when we're talking through these tiers podcasts, just understand that you know we're not we're not saying. There's a there's a there's a value across positions that is important. When we're high on a guy and we're talking someone up and saying, "Hey, we do it," doesn't mean we think they're like all of a sudden some wide receiver two or whatnot. Look at the tiers. Look at our look at the ADP and, and work through it and make make all the stuff your own energy we're giving up. But sometimes I think people get when we get really fired up on a player, a player that I love like a White or a player like you've loved in the past like a Tate or whatever. It's like I don't we don't want you to move them up too high uh, based on our individual excitement. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, you got to do. You know, you can listen to us, and I guess part of listening to us is research. Um, you can include us and what you're listening to here as part of research, but there's other research to be done. You can't just, you know, I, as much as I'd love for you to take our word for it, don't just take our word for it. You know, it's, you know, we're, we're not, uh, you know, dogs, gods. Uh, back, sorry, I took the wrong pill. It's, uh, you know, we're just given the information that we believe that we know. The what? Nostradamus. Nostradamus. I like that. Not, yeah, not too you, bad. You, you've done you've done pretty well in those regards. Yeah, let's move, a, let's move on to a couple it. other players in this in this bracket, and then I think we should uh, move on to another position. Um, there's a couple other players I'd like to talk about in the next one, but um, Amari Cooper. Interesting. It's not a Koopa. Um, listen, I, he's he's. I don't want to say he's polarizing, but because I think. Uh, Stag Party has him at 24 Houdini has him at 24 I have him at 23 um, You have him at 13 Now I, I suppose I can I, I could see that happening But I think that would be Like the 1 in 10 shot of him Of him really I mean that's like Borderline wide receiver 1 
yeah. at 13. And that's tough for any Raider receiver to do, uh, to be quite honest. Um, if, it, if it was Andrew Luck throwing him the ball, maybe. But David Carr, while a, a good leader and I think a good QB for that team, um, is hardly established as like a dominant arm or a dominant QB in the field. And it's, it's still Oakland. You know, he's still got a run yeah. on, on uh, baseball dirt. You know, for eight games. Yeah. So, I mean, that makes it a little bit tougher, too. Um, but he's got all the talent in the world, and he's going to be getting a ton of volume, and he's looking really good in camp so far. So I could definitely see him having a, a good season. Just, I I, I'm, I'm really pretty high at wide receiver, and, and I'll be honest, I, I call wide receivers better than any other positions. I call wide receivers uh, in our collective tiers last year better than both of you yeah. and Staggs. I'm a wide receivers guy. My running backs, woo! Let's not talk about it. Uh, but I just think volume plus talent plus uh, lack of plus talent plus lack of competition yeah. in a lot of these wide receiver situations really pay off. And I think it's going to be huge for Evans. I think it's going to be huge for Cooks. I think it's going to be huge for not White as much. I think White's going to be awesome just because he's a badass. But in this case, Amari Cooper. Where else? You Where got, else you is Derek Carr, the guy who threw, who threw what, 600-plus times last year? Yeah, they it, threw it a ton. Yeah, he's, and he's the most pro-ready of all the receivers that are coming in right now. True. And he's, he's the guy that's most apt to be able to come in and be able to, to, to get yeah, yeah. production right away. Where else, is the, where else is he going? And it's the route running, it's the confidence. I just think that Derek Carr is going to tie himself, tie himself. To Amari Cooper and say, you know what, we are going to be the franchise together, and hopefully in not this year, but hopefully in three to five, six years, we are going to turn around and bring a championship and change the whole mystique. And I think Carr knows where his uh, bread and butter is in this one. I just think he's going to get a lot of opportunities. I see twelve hundred yards. I see ten touchdowns. Those two will definitely be going out and having a lot of fun. Last spring we did Europe in nine days. And then we went to Bakersfield, and then we ended up in Fresno. Fresno, no one goes to Fresno anymore. <laughs> I think Amari will go to Fresno to catch a ball. I agree. <laughs> Dogmatica's got a roll, so uh, me and Dini are going to close out the show. We won't go too much into other stuff. We might not even talk about a couple positions. Because I think at the end of the day... Well, there's only a couple positions left. One. Yeah, I mean, no, we might not talk about it. Or we might not talk about a position. You could do... We could do the second half of the uh, collective tiers when we're all together. We could do that's that. It. Yeah, it's We're just... sitting there... Yeah, that's fine. So we'll actually just keep going a little bit. Dogmatic and good luck, my man. Uh, yeah, righteous. You. you guys realize that this is three podcasts in one week. Yeah. Three podcasts in one week. That's good times. And we miss one week for you... Three podcasts in seven days. Hats off to D-Rex. You're the gold standard. You've made all the podcasts. Well, I missed one. I you're, only missing, you're only missing maybe about a, half a quarter or yeah. something of this one. Quarter one. Yeah. But Stag, re- Stag's missed two, but he's got good reasons. Good reasons. I think I might be missing the next draft kit. one. I'm missing the next one. So I don't know if I gotta leave a key so you guys can do it in here, but yeah. I'm gonna or if you guys want to come to Michigan, but I'm telling you, tomorrow I'm going to Michigan for like ten days. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'll I'll jump on a hangout with you guys, but you'll be with Stags and his microphone. It'll be sweet. Stags and his microphone. I know what that's yeah. going to sound like. Would you describe in your own words what happened that night? Check it, bleed, bro. Was on. Didn't trip, but the folks was freaking man. Hey, in the past.
coming out in town, Jim. Shit. Tighten that bad sucker's had to run away like a mother. Shit. <laughs> a mother. <laughs> oh, she. Yeah. Dog. So good. You gonna, you gonna come out to Michigan for a Don't couple of days? Me, man. I, mean, I know where you, you live. You should do it. You do. <laughs> All, right, All right, buddy. I'll bring some extra pets. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's not gonna be any girls around. You don't want to get this thing fired there's up. There's a bar like 10 minutes away. Oh, and there's also a great new bar. Oh, is there? Well, yeah. they're, they're, it's got a couple poles in it. Uh, new oh, bar, yeah. same as the old bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, the new boss. It's the same <laughs> as the old boss. <laughs> All right, uh, good stuff. Well, let's talk quickly in this bracket, tier five. Uh, right now at number 20 is Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, that's. I, I always consider him Djax, uh, your guy. You, 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 you feeling this is a good time or you not know, liking the situation? I'm, I'm, I'm the highest on him still. You know, the thing that is bothering me is that he is just being a complete schmuck putz on the uh, off the field right now. You know, uh, he didn't show up to some things that he was out. You know, promoting like some some. That's all. He's done that. I that's know. Thing, I know. Dude. That's his thing. It's his I didn't thing. even know there was a new story in this room. Oh yeah. Well, but, yeah, it's, but here, he does. here's the thing for me is that's that like, I I, I still I'm still high on him for this reason. Pierre Garcon is not commanding any type of, of real demand anymore. Deshaun Jackson's just one of those guys. He may be a thug, but he's a gaming thug. He gets it done. And as I keep saying. Until I see somebody else, he is the best deep threat in the NFL. And if RG3 is going to do everything he can to, to really elevate his game and he really needs to solidify himself right now, he is, he's going to be throwing a lot of deep passes to Deshaun Jackson. And, and D-Jax makes the plays. He's a rabbit. You, uh, you, you are the most. Uh, what is it? Is, is bull or bear? Which was the one that you're, you're high on? Is it, if you're bullish on someone, then bull is good. Is good. So I'm the most bullish. You're the most bearish. You have him at 27. I got him at 16. And uh, dog party, uh, dog party, dog. They're, they're combined <laughs> at 20 and a half because uh, stag party's got him at 21 and dogs got him at 20. Yeah, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it works. And I kind of always seem to stay away from him. He, he is. I like the explosion factor, but I don't like the in-between games. He is a little ebb and flow for me. Um, I don't know. I've just never... To be honest, I don't think I've ever had Deshaun Jackson on one of my teams. Uh, I, and Jerry Rice, about five or six, five years ago, was training with him in the offseason, said he's never seen speed and quickness like that. And that's why he's so awesome. Well, it's also, too, depending on the type of league I you're still in. didn't have him drafted. I had him in one of my leagues, uh, in my, my league where it's long touchdowns uh, are worth points. So basically, like zero to nine yards is worth four points, and then every 10 yards, it goes up a point. So when that guy gets you a 70-yard touchdown, you're getting, you know, 13 whatever points for it. It's disgusting. If you're rewarding for long touchdowns, there's no question about it. It moves the guy up. And basically every league I'm in does do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I just, I just always stayed away from him. But I've always kind of sort of regretted it and been like, why was I not higher on him? And Even, you've been on high on him for the last two or three years. And... He, Two years ago, he was the stunt. one of the steals. It was like it was the Mac. It was Macklin right. last year, right? Where you're getting him, you know, sit, you're sitting and getting him in like the ninth round, and you're getting fourth uh, round value. Absolutely, and you know what? Let, let's just like, kind of mention that because a guy that we're all high on, who's going to be taking over that role this year, is, is uh, Jordan Matthews. Even though we didn't cover him in a, in a thing, where uh, Stag has him at 17, you got him at 16, Dogs got him at 17, and I got him at 13. 
Yeah. Why don't we should talk about what we're doing that? It breaks out of the tears, but sure. Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, that's where I was wanting to go yeah, next. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the the uh, the next. A guy who uh, I'm highest on. We got him at the 27th overall in our collective tiers. Um, so Stags at 33. Wow, I'm at 33 as well. Uh, you at 20 and Dog at, at 26. Here's the one thing I'll say as I'm noticing: you're higher than all the rookies. I know that's a lot but, of rookies. That, that you're right. No, but but doesn't doesn't mean but doesn't mean they're wrong. Doesn't mean no, they're wrong. No, but doesn't mean I'm going to draft them all. Because look right. at that mock draft. Right. I think I only took two rookies. I'm on your team. When you're talking about don't have a team with rookies, I've made that mistake before. So the one thing I want to make sure is my tiers aren't reflecting that I'm going to be draft. I have six or five rookies on my team. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's good. Because I've been burning the same way you have. I will tell you this, that I think you need to, for your draft manifesto, you need to put a little extra caveat about something about that in there. Yeah, because for, for people who are picking up our draft kit and saying, oh, I'm just going straight off of your tiers or my tiers or whatever, uh, good point. I, I think we should, point. we should each kind of clarify how we're uh, really writing these tiers in our manifesto. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do that. That's a really well. good point. That's a really good point because it's true. There is a running back. Even at quarterback, I think. You know, I, I, I bet you I do have a Winston and a Mariota higher than some other players. But um, that doesn't mean that I'm going to end up and make the mistake as we have done before. And we live. We live this life. In I'm this. the highest on Winston, baby. Number okay. 20. Yeah, boy. And I love him. But it doesn't mean when I'm high on a, a bunch of these rookies that across different positions... I am like you, Houdini. It is so crucial not to make the mistake to walk out of a draft with six, four, not four rookies is too much. Unless you're in a 24-ish, man. If you're in a 15 to 20, four is your max on rookies. Go on the upside. It's great. Algalar. I didn't say four is too many because I, I've, I done, I've done it. And I've done I agree. It. And I, we have. Um, I agree. We went from a, in a standard. We I'm in a 24 a, draft league. Right, we're in a 16, that is a, I, I 16 mean, round leagues. was like a, a, <laughs> our normal, but we actually moved uh, because we added, we go three wide receiver and a flex, which I will tell people, do that league. It's awesome because you will find, just as a sidebar here, so when you have like the, just a two wide receiver and a flex, you have people who just, you're not able to create as much trading value. Uh, the flex is always either going to be a running back for a lot of guys or it's a wide receiver, and that's pretty much it. We did the, the the three wide receiver and then the flex. Holy crap! There's tight ends being people are implementing two tight ends. Other people are going the the, the three running backs. A lot of people are going with the, the wide receivers because you're bleeding more depth. And then we went to 18 rounds. But and then what happened is is that if you're drafting those four rookies, the problem is how many rookies actually come out and are impact from week one through week five. A lot of them don't make their impact, as we keep saying in these podcasts, from, they make their biggest impacts from like week 6 to week 13. And then they hit, there's always a time when they're going to hit a rookie wall, yeah. too. So it's, it's about... There's, it's not sustained over a season. Correct. It could start out hot, it, but then you're going to... week. You know, there's a five-game uh, doldrums happening. Right. Uh, to, to piggyback on what you were saying, I'm in, and we've talked about this many times on the show, but for some of you new listeners, and it's awesome, we know there's a bunch of you out of there... Uh, that are, I mean, getting some of these messages like, hey, I'm fairly new. I started listening five podcasts ago. Man, that's awesome. All Love of it. Keep sending us and posting those posts on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac. Uh, go on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one AC. Hit that stuff up. So for those of you who are, are newer to our to our podcast, though, let's catch you up. 
I want to know absolutely everything that's happened up to now. Well, let's see. First the earth cooled, and then the dinosaurs came. But they got too big and fat, so they all died, and they turned into oil. And then the Arabs came, and they bought Mercedes-Benzes. And Prince Charles started wearing all of Lady Di's clothes. I couldn't believe it. He took her best summer dress out of the closet, and he put it on and went to town. Now you're caught up. Now you're caught up. I didn't realize, to be honest, I thought that was from one. No, see, that's two. That's two. That's two. That's awesome. But for you guys that are that are that are new to this action, uh, the, I forgot. This is why you can't do these audios. Oh no, it's why you have they, to do it. For those of you that are new to the action, what, what's great is that. Oh no, I got it. See? Rookie league. Thank you. Thanks See? for the button. Don't worry. Do a rookie league. I have. I'm in two leagues where you have to draft a rookie every draft. I'm in a keeper league. Uh, it's different. Uh, no, the, uh, you're really I'm in the keeper league. Di- I'm we in actually one have rookie, league, but it's one guy. Right. You're in dynasty league, so you got to be taking these rookies. But it's a fun, it's a fun format. If you're looking for something, and we get second opinions and posts all the time, how I'm starting a new league with some friends, or I'm in a league if it's getting boring. Rookie, got to start a rookie as a position. Sometimes the rookie quarterback goes number one overall. Uh, happens all the time. It's Love. different strategy. It's fun. It yeah. makes it. You go high on a rookie, and you just see, and, and you've got to play that guy. And sometimes the rookie is the is the thing that brings someone to the championship. But it's sometimes the bane of the existence of three players who draft rookies in the first two or three rounds, and they shit the bed. It is a fun, fun thing to do, and it brings another dynamic to any fantasy league. It's a great thing because here's here's the thing: How, if you're in multiple leagues. How many people do you want to be? How many, who wants to be in four of the same league? I don't want to be in four of the same league. That's why all of my leagues are different. That's why I'm in a, in a 12 team, a 14 team, a 16 team. Uh, ones that go yeah. with only limited amount of pickups. Ones that go with a short bench. Ones that go with it. Because each one is a different challenge. And that's, what's, that's what makes it fun. You don't want to join four different ESPN 10 team fantasy leagues. That sucks. That's boring. They're all the same. Standard scoring. Or they're all, oh, boy, I changed it up. One's PPR. Go deeper. Make them unique. Make them your own because that's what fantasy is about. It's a fantasy. So, just, <laughs> you know, take it to that level. And just so you guys know, the number, the last guy, I think number 80 in my uh, wide receivers, just because it is a fantasy and I couldn't think of another guy, you know who I put there? Jerry Rice Jr. There's a chance. I'm putting him there. I love it. It's a fantasy. I want Jerry Bryce Jr. I want his son to be as good as him. I love that guy. Uh, quick thing I'm going to say, and I think, you know, I, I'll segue out of this, but uh, what I want to do is I want you guys to do a lot of discussions and discuss in our footers. You can, you can log in via Facebook there. You can create an account with discuss, but it really helps our content on each of our story pages, our op-ed pages. If you're asking us questions and commenting, giving us a thumbs up, asking a question about something you didn't necessarily understand about the article we had just written, please join in the mix. Everyone's been great on doing stuff on Twitter, amazing at doing stuff on Facebook. But when you're reading these stories, Houdini's uh, career year beware piece I'm going to put up tomorrow, maybe tonight if I'm a badass, uh, and to put a discussion at the bottom of that story. Say, hey, Houdini, what do you mean by this? I'll tell I you. I think you're crazy that you think this guy's going to have a bad season. Let's start the fun going there because it actually helps us cross-pollinate with other content that Discuss automatically will bring in that's more relevant and recent. So do us a favor, Pyros. 
please, we love the way you listen to us. We look at these numbers, and I, I'm going to make a mention that we didn't mention last week. Oh, hey. We didn't mention it. I'm going to give you a high five, Deanie. This week, this week, we crossed the half a million all-time listen threshold for the Pyro Podcast. So, I'm not going to get emotional, but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to thank you guys, you know. Thanks for spreading the fire. Uh, I'm going to thank you, Deanie. Uh, I wish Stag and, and, and Dog were still here. I'm going to thank you guys because I know how much we all, uh, uh, we, 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 how we focus on this and what we do to dedicate on it and what we give up to it. But to me, that half a million listens of our show is unbelievable. When, especially when we started and like the first podcast that we, when we initially were going, we're like, hey, we got 150 listens. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the numbers, the, the, the way the growth is great. Oh, it's man, it's amazing. Ted, you were right about the ship. I don't know how to say this, but maybe in this mixed up, topsy turvy world of ours, they should take all the quote sane people off the streets and lock them up and let all the psychopaths out of the asylums to run the world. No, I, I guess on second thought, that's a bad idea, Ted. I- <laughs> that's what we've, we've decided what- when we started this podcast. We're gonna let ourselves out of our own asylums of fantasy football, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna spread the fire. We're gonna be, put it all on the table. We're gonna be ourselves. We're gonna have fun with this. Houdini's best quote, and it, 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 it's the quote that I think is the mantra for our show. And I, and I, I stole it. I stole it. No, of course, it's not your quote. <laughs> it's a saying, right? It's, yeah. your, it's your it's your mantra for the show. And it's, you know, go, teach him. Give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, feed him for life. We want to feed you for life. And it's amazing that the, the response that we get and the feedback that we get from you guys, it shows that you understand our approach and that that's really what we're really trying to do here. So we're not just trying to tell you who to start this week. We're not trying to tell you our player rankings and give you all that stuff. We do that, but we're trying to have you have a different guys and different lens on how to approach fantasy football from year to year and how to really hone your craft, become passionate about your craft. People feed off our passion. And, uh, you know, we've, we've changed a lot of the, the mindset of a lot of people that win fantasy football leagues. And I hope that you're one of them. I'm sure it is. And if not, just keep listening to us. Keep working through it. St- Stephon Curry had ankle injuries six years ago. Was considered a crap seventh overall pick as much as three or four years ago. Look what that guy's done. He's honed his craft. Champion, champion. All right, I'm going to give a, a shout out that we just got from uh, a new fella over Facebook. And a uh, great message. It's a direct message from a guy. And uh, just, just uh, got it today, this afternoon. I'm walking my dog and the, my iPhone pings and said, You got a new message from Parker Petrello. Good stuff, man. I love this. You guys, if you're listening and you're ever bored and you want to give us a, a shout-out, please do it. We, we love this fan mail. This is from uh, Parker. Hey, guys. I'm a rookie fan of Pyro. I just started listening to the podcast about 15 to 20 episodes ago, and I am now fully addicted. I am now a fully addicted Pyroholic. Good man. Good man. We're sorry that we created this for you. Uh, I just bought the draft kit for my dad's Father's Day gift, so he and I can use this for the upcoming season. Awesome. Buy the draft kit for your dad if he plays fantasy football. It's a great Father's Day gift. 
Needless to say, we are very appreciative of your all's hard work and excited for our first season using your all's draft kit. I have never purchased a draft kit, but all the awesome info in the podcast convinced me y'all might know a few things about fantasy football. Thanks for popping up. Uh, thanks for popping our draft kit cherries. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. So, uh, here we are. We are your McCroskey from uh, from from Airplane. So here you go. Thanks, Parker. Give me Steve McCroskey. Fast. McCroskey hasn't handled a tower since the strike. Ever since Reagan fired the controllers, he's been completely senile. Yeah, but what about McCroskey? Pretty much the same as Reagan. I don't care. Get him. You got us. We just lost some viewers. <laughs> we went political. <laughs> From 1983. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm with you, dude. But believe me, some guys like Reagan was the best president we've ever had. Well, well, but Nancy, well, well, I need a, I need, I, a, I need a Parker. P.S. Well, P.S. Well, I, what, what was I saying? P.S. <laughs> I heard y'all's last podcast. You might. Start a pyro league back up again. I would be extremely honored if you gave me a chance to kick some ass in your all's league, or at least put my name in the drawing to be in the pyro league. Thanks, guys. That was the PS from uh, Parker Petrello. Basically, we're trying to figure out uh, we're going to do a league. I think we're going to have about four open slots for it um, right now. And talking to OC and um, and Stag Party, we're going to have people have to submit a video. There you go. Of why you want to be in the league, and and you got to give us the uh, open season to post these things. And basically, there's a lot more we're going to work out in the rule set, but it seems like we're going to do a 14 man league. Good. And we got 10. So there's going to be four openings, uh, and, well, and and we're going to make a, a video. There's going to be some incentivization. We want it. active people active. in this league. We don't want people who are just. Going to just submit their lineup every week and play their team. We want this has got to be fun. This is this has got to be pyro style. You know, it, and we want the best. Yeah, we want we want to see your acumen. I don't want you to say you've won four leagues in the last three years. Show us That's your damn a, trophies. Give us yeah. show us the rap sheet. Give us something. Give us your brag book. What do you got? Passion, brag book, and and being someone that's really going to put it out for it uh, is important to us. But we're figuring it all out. But that pyro league. Uh, it'll also be something that'll probably only be open. It'll only be open to people that are Pyro Pro uh, members. But exciting, uh, Parker. We're gonna let you. We're gonna let you uh, have your chance. Let's see if you're if you got the moxie. It, it's a different kind of league, my friends. Do you think things will be a lot different on the Moon Guy? Oh, it's gonna be terrific. Whole new world, new kids to play with. Does that mean no more headlines about the rape trial? How many kids get a chance to live on another planet? No more kids yelling? Your old man's a psychopathic sex pervert? Look, a man can make an honest mistake. Anyway, she was asking for it. They're all asking for it all the time. Dad never slaps me around at home. It must be his coffee. No, I've been serving Dad decaf. Hmm, maybe he's just an asshole. This is the league you are going to do videos for. Oh, yes. We're proud of you. We're proud of you. Well, here's what I think we do. I think we close this show down. It's been a good one. I don't, I don't really think we need to go deeper into tight end or uh, or quarterback right now. Do you disagree? No. I mean, did we cover Nelson Aguilar enough for you? We, we, we brought him up and we didn't, you know, do you want to talk about him a little bit? or? Uh, I don't have to. I don't, I don't, I don't really think we have to. I think we've done three podcasts this week. i got to edit this thing and... 
We got a big couple weeks of uh, 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 yeah, we got a big couple weeks of other stuff. I'm gonna be having a uh, Skype call with our developer. At the end of the day, buy this draft kit, grab this thing, check out all our content, check out my tiers. Houdini, you want me to put your tiers up on the site this weekend? Sure, go for it. Houdini's tiers are gonna be up on the site this weekend. Guys, check this stuff out. It's all there for you. Uh, the draft kit really pulls the collective tiers together and gives our individual ones and throws it together. And really, in a lot of ways, that draft kit puts a lot of our content and, and pulls it into one space that really helps you out and helps you win your league. So, man, I got to tell you, it's summertime. It's been raining like crazy in Chicago here, and it's been kind of nuts. I feel like I'm in Seattle. I feel like I'm the 13th man or something like that. Uh, but... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my heart out there right now and say that the Pyro team is working harder than we ever have. We got a team of about eight or nine people. Kania, new writer this week, got yeah. the first piece, that Atlanta Falcons piece. We're doing 2015 uh, team outlooks for fantasy football. We loaded one up uh, yesterday. Uh, the San Diego uh, Chargers will go up tomorrow along with Houdini's career year beware piece. Our content is humming right now. Like Kania's new? You Kania. get a sound bite, Kania. Kania. Jimmy, did you ever wonder why dogs sniff each other in that? Well, Captain, everything a-okay? Yes, everything's fine. Right, Jimmy? Yeah, everything's real neat up here. <laughs> Kania, welcome to the party, pal. Thanks a lot, dude. Uh, we like love your energy and your passion. Guys, we're just fired up. We're, we're firing on all cylinders. A lot of big stuff's happened this year. And uh, you know it. And you guys have stepped up to the plate, too, and just shown us how engaged and how passionate you are about what we're doing. And that helps, you know, throw fuel on the fire. So keep that up. We're going to keep this up. Like I said, three podcasts in the last week. We're going to stick to one per week as our collective here. But as I said last week on the show, there's going to be the Pyro Podcast Light. Starting within the next 10 days, Houdini, I mean not Houdini, sorry, Stag Party and Mo, uh, Pyromaniac Mo will be starting that up. It's going to be an hour-long show, so between these two... They'll have us on as guests periodically. Yeah. Every once in a while we'll be on as guests, and it's going to be more of a regimented news. Think of, uh, you know, literally like a channel news type thing for fantasy football with those guys dropping the knowledge anyway. And what's cool is you sick. said it's going to be more formatted, but the cool part is is that we are not going to reduce the length of our podcast that they always are. It's going to be our podcast. are going to be our podcast. And we just figured for people, we say it like for people who only want to have like the, 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 the short light version. No, it's for all of you. Here's a light version on yeah. top of our normal podcast. We're giving you more. It's the cherry on top. We'll Tell them about the through. music. All right, pouring up for pyros. We I mentioned it earlier. I know, but you didn't tell me. We're, we're gonna, closing we're gonna out close on. it out on. Uh, it's what are we? Oh, cursed female and cursed male. Yeah, we're going. We're going double back. We're going back. double, double. These songs are meant coupled together. It's off of pouring up for pyros. Pouring up for pyros from '93. I remember it. I was a friggin' probably a, I was a, a sophomore I was a, in college. I was a sophomore. Uh, yeah, Jane's yeah. addiction was for, reformed my life in about my junior year. Perry Farrell and Jane's Addiction, I mean, like, just turned me from, like, this kind of puss to a badass and just didn't really care anymore. So indebted to Jane's Addiction and Perry. And Jane's Addiction broke up at the wrong time and started this band, and then they got back together. I'm going to see Jane's about three times this summer. But this is Pouring Up for Pyros, Cursed Female and the Cursed Male. Guys, we love you so much. This is sick. 
Buy this draft kit. Keep listening to us. Like Houdini. us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Houdini. You're the man, dude. I love You're you. You're the man. Appreciate everything, bro.
Direct. This one ended so early. Hey. <laughs> so we got an ad at the end. I'm the helpful hardware man. The helpful hardware man. But I'll tell you hey, what. This is the place. Since we ended early, I gotta have one more. Bell Verde. Murdoch, the damn lever just came off of my hand, and we're still at war. Try another lever. There are no more levers. Just. Just came off of my hand, and we're still at war. Try another lever. There are no more levers. Just 
more levers. Just switches. No buttons? No, no buttons. Just switches, lights, and knobs. Oh, cut the bleeding heart crap, will ya? We've all got our switches, lights, and knobs to deal with, Stryker. I mean, down here, there are literally hundreds and thousands of blinking, beeping, and flashing lights. Blinking and beeping and flashing. They're flashing and they're beeping. I can't stand it anymore. The blinking and beeping and flashing. Why don't this woman is all the brothers? I'm all right. I'm all right. Fate can play a strange game sometimes, Lieutenant. Fate, sir? Stryker wipes out his entire squadron over Macho Grande. And now those people's lives up there are in his hands. I guess irony can be pretty ironic sometimes. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.